Today's episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, AJ and I cover Mike Trout and the latest on his concerning injury. The trade deadline is one week away. Who will make the strongest push? And is Araldus Chapman finished? AJ, roll the intro. Hello, listeners. My name is Alex Jonitz, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Travis Miller. I am more of a stats nerd. He was a total stud on his D3 college team, and this is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Enjoy. What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. Travis and I coming at you guys. It is Wednesday July 27th, episode 69 of the podcast. Uh, Travis, it is an eventful time of the season. We are about a week away from the trade deadline. So this week's episode is going to kind of cover a lot of, you know, what we think certain teams should do at the deadline. How should these contenders or tankers like approach, uh, you know, this, you know, I mean, the decisions you make in the next week can actually have like a ripple effect on, you know, your off season and the coming seasons. So um, it know, affects your World Series odds. It affects, you know, how you will go absolutely down as, you know, the season progresses. I mean, I feel like every World Series champion, Alex, makes this move in the next week to propel themselves to, you know, a better team or in more impact players. You look at last year, Jock yeah. Peterson, Jorge Soler, um, Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario. It, it, it's the prime example that I think will be stuck in our minds for a while. Every trade deadline that some teams, if you find the right diamonds in the rough, it could pay dividends in October. So we're going to go through yes. some of the teams and say, you know, how should they approach this? What's a good fit? Um, stuff like that. Who might be on the market? Who might be trade bait? All that kind of good stuff. And then also just some overall current event stuff in the league. Travis, we'll start today by talking about a current event uh, late this morning. Um, as you and I both know, and most of the MLB world, Mike Trout has been injured for a little bit here. There was a kind of a, it was kind of going back and forth. And mm-hmm. for a minute there, Travis, we were all pretty concerned that Mike Trout might have a like career altering injury mm-hmm. because there was a report that said that, you know, right now he's technically uh, experiencing back spasms, but it's a result of inflammation in where his ribs meet his spine. So it's kind of a complicated matter, um, and none of us here are real anatomy experts. But essentially, the Angels trainer had some sort of quote where he said, "Yeah, it's 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 actually discovered to be the doctor said it's a really rare condition that they found in Mike Trout's spine, where the rib meets the spine at the inflammation, and it's it's something that uh, they're going to have to continue to monitor. They said it could affect his career. It's going to be not just something that heals and is done." It's something that um, will last because it's some type of condition that's, you know, rare. And unfortunately, Mike Trout has it. So there was that quote that came out and we were all just like, oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the premier uh, player of the generation might have his career, you know, really tail off Um, like other greats. You know, I mean, we talk about, you know, Mickey Mantle was elite through his like terrible knees. But, Mm -hmm. you know, Mike Trout, a back is like so integral to your swing and, you know, how much power you can generate and how much, you know, bat speed you can generate and even fielding. He's a center fielder. It's going to make everything hard out there. Probably have to shift to the corners if it uh, didn't never went away the pain. Mm -hmm. But um, essentially about a couple hours later, there was 
uh, I, I would say at least some good news or some good momentum towards positivity because Mike Trout was interviewed by the Angels, you know, beat writers, and he said that he was receiving a handful of texts, you know, many texts, um, like almost like he almost was like getting, someone died. He was getting overwhelmed <laughs> with texts, yeah, uh, and and they were all just like you know condolences and prayers, and he said to the press, guys, it's not like that. Uh, it's, you know, it's not, it's not unserious. It's kind of serious, but, uh, he says he feels very comfortable. He's going to play this year. He says he, uh, you know, and Charles, we, we both think that th we would not really care if he shut it down this year. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, you know, Shoyo Tani somehow, uh, goes God mode more so than he already is and, 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 <laughs> yeah. and pulls off like a 10 game win streak. If that doesn't happen, then it's it's not going to really make that big of a difference mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. Trout is playing down the stretch. Obviously, we want him to rack up those accolades, um, continue to prove how good he is. But at the end of the day, uh, his health for next season is more important than his health for the next month or two. So yep. uh, we're on the same page there. Yep, but yep. And uh, I mentioned to you earlier that shutting it down this season would not be just the worst news. You know, if we were... You know, ten games above five hundred right now, Alex. It'd be a very oh, be brutal. sore um, subject because you'd be, you know, saying to yourself, everything we've done this season has gone right, and of course we had to have that one unlucky um, event or circumstance happen. So, uh, shutting it down is something that I, you know, would honestly not, you know, almost even recommend. You know, getting more reps for guys like Marsh, Adele, Ward. Let them, them figure it out. Yeah. Let them figure it out. Let them kind of go through it. You know, I know with Marsh and Adele, it's kind of like their second um, full season. Um, you know, after the 2020 season, Adele really didn't have much of an opportunity. But, um, you know, two full seasons, especially with Mike Trout going out last season. And now if he goes out this season, um, you know, now, of course, we can see both those guys hopefully flourish into guys that, you know, maybe next year would be competing for a left field spot or a right field spot, you know, don't know exactly what's going to happen this offseason according to trades and all that stuff. But, um, you know, it's almost like Mike, Mike Trout needs to just take some time to figure things out. He, of course, even, you know, even in the, in the uh, interview, Alex, he says, I even anticipate being back this season. So it's not like I even want to like say yeah. to myself, like, well, I'm done for the year. I think um, the team doctor said that the quarter zone shot that he got, last thursday takes about two weeks to kind of run its course and be yes. in full effect so he says that hopefully by this coming thursday i think that's going to be what august 4th um he hopes to kind of be back into baseball activity taking swings all that kind of stuff so um definitely a tough time but at least with him coming out he's saying guys it's serious but it's just something i need to pay attention to um and, and all right. that stuff i and you know honestly if i'm looking at uh, a gm uh perspective like perry and, you know, I know right now in his in his in his mind, mindset, he's definitely looking probably towards the offseason, maybe possibly even looking towards next season. I know, of course, his job is still to finish off this season and see if they can salvage anything. But um, I think right now also he's got to be, you know, Perry's got to be looking at, you know, possibly even just making a full commitment on trying to just regroup and get almost the best medical team for this for this uh, club next season because I feel like Mike Trout will need someone that's going to be almost like an own his own personal medical staff medical assistant that's going to help him look at this back almost every couple days next season and for the rest of his career because um, you don't want these stupid injuries coming back to haunt you when you're on a you know great winning winning streak or you're above 500 competing for a playoff spot um, and I know Mike Trout wants to stay healthy healthy and I want I know that most of the team wants him to stay healthy so um, it, it's something that you got to definitely take into consideration but um, you know again this year with the way we've been playing Alex it is something that I would rather him focus on 
um, you know, getting better and getting healthy. And honestly, Alex, this might even affect now the World Baseball Classic that he wanted to, you know, play in. I hadn't thought about that. Um, That's a good I, point. I was thinking about that today, and now I'm thinking to myself, you know, maybe it's something that you definitely want to uh, pump the brakes on, especially with let's see what kind of offseason we have. Um, I'm, I'm, of course, very confident that the Angels are going to be aggressive in the offseason. I don't think this team is ever in, you know, we're going to sell now. Um, and, you know, kind of shoot for a couple of years down the road. They know that they have a prime, uh, you know, Mike Trout. They know that they have somewhat of a prime Anthony Rendon as well. They have a prime Shohei Otani. But um, I would definitely start looking at that as, you know, maybe something we steer away from. Let's get into a normal spring training where you are, you know, in the groove of, you know, every week kind of taking it, you know, one day at a time and, you know, progressing towards the 2023 season i hate of course looking at the 2023 season already alex i know angel fans we we tend to do it a lot in august but um i think right now shutting it down would not be the worst thing in the world yeah i agree with you and you said something about uh like it's just something that's gonna have to be monitored going forward so it's not like it's something that's gonna you know in all likelihood it's not gonna be a serious detraction Mm -hmm. for his future production and shorten his career and all that kind of stuff. But it's just something that, you know, they're going to have to keep an eye on uh, ongoing. And, yep. you know, that's something that it's good that they understand it. It's good that they uh, have, a, you know, starting to address it. Mm-hmm. I like what you said about the training staff, Angels training staff, historically, Travis, we've had problems with it. I think up until this year, I think was the first year where I really feel a lot better yeah. about yeah. the way that the training staff is communicating with the media like last year, there was so much we were in the dark for. Yeah. Like Trout's calf. Trout strained his calf. <laughs> he was doing baseball activity. All of a sudden, they went dark. And he, like we heard nothing. And it was like just day after day of him not doing baseball activity. Yep. There was some sort of setback, um, obviously. But it was just a prime example of, I guess, Angel fans uh, being led on by the lack of communication. And, you know, there's tons of other examples. Mm-hmm. You know, the training staff is not responsible for, for all injuries. But the increased communication this season i think has been a lot better so um you know fingers crossed that they're able to figure everything out with trout hopefully yep. he comes back this season if he's playing you know the last month of the season or something um then I, by all means maybe he'll be good to go um for some light reps in yep. the world baseball classic but you know we'll have to wait and see um i think it will, comes down to um their hopes for the 2023 angel season mm-hmm. i think every off season going into spring training you assume you know that you're gonna let's get after it yeah. let's try to make a push so yeah. i'm i assume that's where his main main attention will be but yeah we'll see we'll keep monitoring it and we'll uh you know i'm sure there's going to be lots of updates going forwards but that's all we really know for now so we're probably good to keep moving on here travis uh one interesting uh note i guess kind of looking uh before we get into the nitty-gritty of the all the trade talks and the trade rumors and What's going on with that? An interesting headline, I think, came out yesterday or day before. And Detroit, the Tigers, have pretty much said that they are tearing it down. They Which, said yeah. uh, Tarek Skubal and everyone. They, I think they said everyone. Like, obviously, not everyone's going to be desired. Yeah. Um, they're not going to trade, like, Turkelson or Riley Green or, or any of their, you know, really, really young guys. But um, what do you think of this team? I guess my, my, like, my 10-second thought is... It's so crazy that I feel like they're about to come out of a rebuild. I feel like they just kind of had a rebuilt. Yeah. And they were ready for this season. And then I think they made a few deals that did not work out. Eduardo Rodriguez 
was having a down year and then he left for a personal matter. He's still not even back on it with the team, I don't think. Yeah. Javier Baez has been a well below average hitter this season. It's been a poor year for him overall. If they had gotten someone else, it could have been a bit of a change. But overall, the team was just underperforming on the whole. Offense is just way, way, way down. Yeah. Um, what do you make of this? That this team we thought was coming out of a rebuild might actually be entering a rebuild, a big sell-off. What's your yeah. thought? Yeah. To me, it just made no sense. A guy like Tarek Skubal, who you, of course, you know, you very high on. I think you have him in fantasy as well. And I he's, do. And, and he's having a great year. He's still a very young pitcher. He's still 25, Alex. And for me, team, I, team control through 2027. Yeah. I, I mean, talk about you're going to have to. I mean, they're they're of course going to be asking for a lot in return and. I mean, a team would love to have a guy like that, especially a team that's just kind of ready to, you know, hit their big strides in the next couple of years. I but mean, I want him. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It, a young, controllable pitcher. To me, I mean, it just really makes no sense at all. I mean, the big thing for the Tigers is, yes, you have kind of like the hour pools of the game right now. You have Miguel Cabrera, who's still, you know, it's funny. He is their best hitter this he season, is. Alex, which it's, is it's nonsense. Which, mind-blowing. 39-year-old Miguel Cabrera, their best hitter right now. But you still have so many guys that you're developing. I honestly think, though, Getting Javier Baez, not a very good selection. Getting Jonathan Scope. Scope's definitely had a good year as uh, last year, but um, you know, this year, I don't think he's actually he has played quite a few games, 94 games. I think he leads, yeah, he leads the team in games played. So he has played a lot, but the hitting has just been so, so bad. Um, you know, you're still growing with Riley Green, you're still growing with Spencer Torkelson. So when I kind of saw the the article or the news. Uh, the newsreel about it, Alex, I thought they were actually thinking about trading Torkelson and Green, which I was just thinking to myself, I don't, I don't really have any, I, I don't understand that at all. I mean, these are the guys you're supposed to be rebuilding with, but I mean, obviously they probably are going to be guys that you're not, of course, going to be touching, but you know, you just had an unfortunate start to the year with Casey Mize going on the IL. I think um, he, he won't be pitching at all this season. I'm pretty confident, but um, you know, you, you're supposed to pretty much be led by Mize and Scooball for the next couple seasons. And I mean, you're in a division that is, I would say it's definitely on the weaker side, but not, yeah, we, not, we, not even close. We all knew that the White Sox were probably going to be the main team to, you know, take this division for the next couple seasons. Honestly, I didn't think that the Tigers would have a really a clear shot until, you know, start looking at, you know, past 2024, um, for when they'd have a clear shot at possibly making some sort of, you know, move in the division. Um, it just seems that it's kind of a I, it's really premature to them to I feel like make these kind of, you know, claims as we're ready to ship anyone and everyone. So I, there are still a lot of good names on the roster that I think a lot of other teams could use, um, you know, guy like even Eric Haas. He's definitely one of the uh, underrated catchers that does very, very well when it comes to hitting an OPS plus right now, Alex, of uh, 114. So definitely on the on the better side for uh, MLB catchers. But um it, it is really uh it's just a weird circumstance that a, that a team like this would want to rebuild again I mean, you're basically telling your fans we don't want to win until you know the later the later years of the 20s or, or so or even the 30s it just it just seems like a very weird shot to uh to say we're going to rebuild again you know it, it's, right. it's crazy because you look at those tigers teams you know 10 years ago alex the tigers were in the world series you know those teams were amazing they went out and got um, high class players, high valuable players by just spending the money. And of course they had a lot of guys develop in the system. Um, but it, it just, it's a, it's a weird, weird circumstance with the Tigers. I feel like 
as Angels fans, we're very upset that every year we seem to have a team that could get to the playoffs. We just we just seem to always miss out on certain spots of the or of, of just of the roster. But the Tigers, I mean, you got to be so just you got to be just questioning what what's going on if you're a Tigers fan right now. Like we 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 basically know that we're not going to win probably for the next couple of years, but we're saying we want to rebuild again. So I I just it, it's very confusing to me. Yeah, and and you know. It's not like the GM has made any sort of official statement saying like we're tearing it down completely and just building up the farm. Yep. But if you look at the team's production right now, Travis, it's pretty clear that this team, as presently constructed, yep. is not built to compete like this year, next year, maybe year after. There's so many players on the team with just very low OPS pluses. Yep. Um, it's just a dismal production across the board. Uh, and, you know. and and what a slap in the face that you traded Isaac Paredes to the Rays oh, for and, Meadows, yeah, for Meadows and. Just look how that went. It's almost like you really just don't want to trade. I, and I know the Tigers maybe got a little bit, uh, you know, win happy from the way they finished jumped, last year. Jumped the gun, yeah. And I think they just said, you know what? We can actually maybe, we could possibly even make the playoffs this year, or come close to competing. But I just feel like that I, kind I, of move is where you you are going to get fired if you're a GM because you basically said to yourself, we're going to give up some of our, our, our young talent that we want to build with. Um, and, you know, go out there and get a guy who had a career year a couple of years ago or last year, Austin Meadows. He's had a couple of good seasons with the race. But to me, it just it's it's really questionable that, you know, you could have had Green, Paredes and Torkelson, basically three big hitters to really build off of for the next decade or so. So really confusing. Yeah. And, you know, I think honestly, the idea that a team that was last season, like a lower record in the American League Central, I'm not going to blame you for swinging big mm -hmm. because the division this year has proven to be pretty wide open. Yep. The Twins have solidly held that spot for a while now, Travis. But I think you and I both agree, like, they're not like a really big threat. I mean, any team can win the World Series if yep. you make the playoffs, yep. but they're not one of the premier teams of the American League, I wouldn't say at least. Uh, maybe I'm a hater, but yeah, I think that overall, like, the Guardians as well, like, there's so many, I think there's so many flaws with that team and you know there's just there's holes in the roster that wouldn't be good enough to have a winning record in, in a lot of other divisions but you know travis uh the tigers have definitely found themselves in a tough spot it was good that you mentioned that trade that went wrong for them because they need to make sure that if they are gonna you know trade scooball and, yep. and these other guys make sure that they don't just start becoming all-stars um the second they they leave your team uh, like Perez is not an all-star yet, but I'm just saying like they don't have their their breakout yeah. as soon as they leave uh, Detroit. So yeah. that would be yeah. a, a disaster for them. Uh, we'll cover a couple of things before we get into the meat and potatoes of the trade talk, Travis. Um, one thing that I thought was an interesting topic that we can just kind of mention a bit uh, has to do with uh, one of the best teams in the sport right now. Uh, this is about the Yankees and their mm -hmm. closer, Aroldis Chapman, Travis. I'm not sure if other people have been following his numbers, but there is some pretty alarming things going on with the man who I honestly thought was headed straight for Cooperstown. Yep. A lot of voters do not like voting in pitchers, so I'm not yeah. going to say he was a lock by any means. Or relief but, pitchers, but, yeah. He, right, the relievers, yeah. uh, closers. I will say that he... Uh, Probably wasn't gonna make it, but I think if he continues on this trend, there's obviously gonna be no shot. He'll be like a one, like a one and done maybe. Because what he's doing right now, Travis, essentially, um, this is since the spider attack regulation began. So this is since uh, May 21st of 2021. 
so essentially, he may be one of the biggest, you know, spire attack merchants, as they say. This, yeah. this the sticky stuff was helping him a ton. So here's his stats since that date. Uh, he's a five point one three, five point one three ERA. He has a seventeen point six percent of his batters he faces. He walks them. Wow. Almost twenty percent of his batters, you know, they walk. Two home runs given up per nine innings, a one point six three WHIP, and a negative one F WAR in a wow. year, in pretty much a, over a year span. Wow! Only hundred and eighty-two pitchers have thrown over fifty innings in this time span, and in most of those stats, he's last place. Wow. Like he's got the worst uh, walk rate in this amount of time. He's bottom ten in home runs per nine. He's bottom five in WHIP. He's dead last in uh, in. Uh, Fangraph's war. So mm-hmm. we're talking about in the last calendar year plus, he has been the worst reliever in baseball with over 15 innings pitched. No. Give me your thoughts. I mean, obviously, thankfully for the for the Yankees, they have Clay Holmes, who has been, yeah. been a monster and he's yep. earned the closer role. But what what do you do with this? Because I think he's actually going to be a free agent. He will. But yeah. do you do you even consider trying to rehab him? I mean, I think they gave him like a they gave him like a seventh inning spot like a couple games ago, mm-hmm. and he gave up like a tank. It's like, yeah. what do they do about this? What do you think? Yeah, and good 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 job for the Yankees for having so much insurance with that bullpen. I mean, imagine if you had the team right now and you basically were just blowing games to because we get Chapman and you have a star studded pitching staff and a star studded lineup, and then Chapman is just coming in and ruining it all. I feel like that'd be a pretty. Uh, uh, sour taste to your mouth but yeah he'll be it looks like he'll be 35 alex um next february actually the last day of february so just about the start of spring training he will be 35 and so that's going to be of course very concerning i guarantee whatever team picks him up he's probably gonna be getting a one-year deal or something like that um i think a team would would like to say hey let's give you a shot if you do really good and you know we're just not doing good you'll be a great trade asset probably down the line for the next year's trade deadline but um i mean you hit the nail in the coffin with some of these numbers. I mean, even looking at the whip, Alex, it's, it's about a 1.6 whip and you're, on, this, on the season and uh, on on this year, on this season. And it's like, you're, you're a closing pitcher. You're a relief pitcher. You're not, you know, we, we always talk about, we rave about, you know, Josh Hader basically comes in. It's almost two strikeouts an inning. He doesn't even fool around by giving up pop-ups or giving, letting people put the ball in play. Um, right now it's, you know, not even 22 innings pitched on the season, almost has the same amount of hits given up per innings pitch. So that's, of course, really concerning for us for a, yeah, for a reliever. We're, so. we're talking about a hit every inning, a walk, you know, yeah. more than one walk per inning. 17 hits, 17 walks on 21 and one-third innings pitch. So almost a hit and a walk in inning. And that right there already, you know, you probably already have runners on first and third. So, um, and just depending on, of course, when the sequence happens in the inning. but And homers as well has yeah. been an issue. So really, yeah. like, all parts of of the pitching experience yeah. has been bad for him yeah. Yeah. in terms of, you know, not enough strikeouts, too many walks, too many homers. So, but it'll be interesting to see who, if a team wants to give him a shot, if a contender wants to give him a shot, um, if, you know, if a team like, you know, it, it was funny last year, the, um, the Arizona Diamondbacks got a guy, um, Melanson, they got Melanson of yes. course from the Padres. I think Melanson had either the most saves or top saves. He wasn't a very effective pitcher, um, had a great year, I think, with the Braves in 2020. So he kind of was yes. on a hot streak the past couple of seasons when it comes to saves. And um, I know the advanced stats weren't very favoring him, but of course, this, the general stats um, were still very good with him. The ERA was still pretty low. And I, I felt like him going to the Diamondbacks was very interesting. But then I thought to myself, well, you know what? They're probably thinking this guy could be a good trade piece later on in his time here with the Diamondbacks. But good bet. Same thing with Chapman. I think a team will give him a shot 
on a one-year deal, um, something like Kenley Jansen, where he got a one-year deal, and kind of just see where it goes from there. Um, Kenley, of course, is still being somewhat consistent, but with Chapman, it's just been a huge fall-off. Um, thankfully, of course, the Yankees have other pieces that they can go with. But, you know, there's one thing, if I was a Yankees fan, the one thing that scares me the most is seeing Chapman pitch in the playoffs because I feel like there's just so many moments where Chapman is basically left in the dust or moments that you want to forget for Roldis Chapman in the playoffs. And right now, I guarantee Yankees hopefully maybe can looking at the rest of the season, putting him in such, you know, very low leverage situations. You know, you have a seven run lead. Let's go with Roldis Chapman to see if he can get us a clean inning, kind of build his confidence up. But you're right. I mean, since last year, Alex, it's just been, um, it's been messy with him and spider tack. You definitely can say probably really helped the guy, uh, you know, really get those numbers looking good. I mean, you look, you look at the first 10 years of his career, Alex. I mean, it's, it, it looked like he was just clearly headed for Cooperstown um, for those numbers. But of course, relief pitchers don't get the same, uh, respect as starting pitchers do but the numbers were just insane so they were yeah uh like you said i don't know what they do in october i think there's a chance he figures things out and gets on a better uh, hot streak um and can earn a spot back as a setup a seventh inning guy just or maybe even a lefty lefty specialist not sure how they're going to go about it but overall lots of concern there Yankee fans dread seeing him come out of the bullpen, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, not not exactly what you know they were paying him to be uh, towards the end of this contract that he's on right now. But yeah. uh, Travis, moving on, I will give you uh, right now some yes or no's. Mm-hmm. This is going to be some questions about the trade deadline that I want to kind of get into. Um, not all yes or no's actually, but just yeah. very supposed to be short questions. We don't have no to problem, we don't have to no. do ten minutes on them. Um, first question. Who do you think is going to be the best player that gets traded? Well, I mean, essentially, part of that question is: Do you think Juan Soto will get traded? Yeah, I mean, and if the answer is yes, then it's him. And if the answer is no, then who, who's going to be? Um, you know, and and I mean, actually, hours ago, Alex, we just saw Ben Attendee get traded to the Yankees, so um, he's probably been so far the best, um, probably the best trade so far. Right. But um, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with either Frankie Montas or uh, Luis Castillo. Uh, okay. I think those two guys, they have to be out of their respective cities by August 2nd. I can't see. I think Montas is what? he he. I think he and Luis have some control still, correct? I think Castillo is on contract for next season. Yep, yep. Montas is also has there's some control there. So if they really wanted to, they could wait till the next offseason. Yep. But um, if, if he has a good start between now and then, there's yep. no reason, I think, to yeah. hold on to him. And I think both those guys, you know, pitching is uh, – Pitching, you know, his power. You look at the last, you know, just the last couple of years, the big trade deadlines that have gone down, and it always seems that pitching um, acquisitions sometime in the trade deadline always work out, um, you know, even in history as well. But I think those are the two best guys right now that we trade. I don't anticipate Soto. I, I just, I don't know, Alex. I, that has not happened yet. There's still, of course, a lot of time. But, I mean, you really have to think about, you know, both sides of the, of the trade. The team that is getting Soto and, of course, the team – uh, or of course the nationals, you know, what are they going to receive? Are they going to want guys that are going to be ready in two, you know, one to two years, or do they want more, more of guys that are actually playing really well right now? Um, it, it, I feel like it just needs a lot more thought and, and just a longer process to go through to get a guy like that trade. I think he will be traded in the off season sometime, but, uh, I, I mean, 
that would be one of the biggest trades that we've seen in in a really long time alex i mean you were talking of course about a ted williams type player that gets traded at the deadline but for me i'll say luis castillo frankie montas those are the two big names that i will say um well, the biggest names that will be traded this uh this off or this trade deadline sure sure um, to who i don't know <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that we'll get into that later on i'm sure um this is a question about some of the wild card teams that might try to uh make a push into that really like world series contender yeah. kind of status so the wild card teams right now in the american league are toronto seattle tampa bay mm -hmm. in the national league is atlanta san diego and the cardinals and also throw in uh, uh the phillies because yeah. they're just 0.5 out half a game um out of those teams which team do you think goes for the most win now makes yeah. the most improvements uh, to increase their chance of actually winning it all. Yeah. Which of those teams is going to be aggressive here? Yeah, looking at all of those teams, I think Atlanta, probably not. I mean, I know they're still going to be aggressive, but I don't think they're in win now because they won it last year. And I think they definitely can get there with the, you know, the assets they have right now. Um, Cardinals, I think that they still have a lot of young guys. They can get the job done. So I don't know if they're going to be really big. I know they're, of course, the big favorite, Alex, for Soto. So we'll see about that. But um, I'm going to go with two of the teams. I think Padres and Seattle have to be the two teams that have to be the most aggressive only because Padres made the playoffs in 2020. A lot of people, you know, are going to look at that and say, you know, great. You want to, you got to the playoffs on a 60 game season, but have you gotten to the playoffs in a full season? They have not done that since what 2006. And so I think Padres have to be super aggressive, especially the way that they faded out last year. And then I think Seattle, of course, you want to break that. What 20, 21 year curse yeah. that you have not been to the playoffs i feel like this year seattle is in such a prime spot yeah they got a lot of good teams competing but alex looking behind them they have the cleveland indy or cleveland guardians chicago white Sox. the only teams that really i think honestly make a huge threat to them baltimore absolutely not boston the way that they're trending we'll probably get into that later in the episode and then texas i mean come on texas is not making the playoffs so you have to look at as seattle and say this is the best opportunity we have in the last 20 or so years. We cannot let this fall. We might be the sixth seed. That's fine, but we need to get into the playoffs. So I would definitely think Seattle, in my opinion, would have to be the most aggressive. I feel like there's too much is on the line. You have you, you the the season has been going your way at least for the last three to four weeks. It's been going your way and favoring you know the way that, that winning streak couldn't be going much better. Exactly, exactly. And this season, like I said. Cleveland and Chicago, the White Sox. I mean, Cleveland has been a surprise with how good they've actually been doing so far this season. And the White Sox have just been such a disgrace and disappointment. I honestly am not really high on the White Sox right now. I think they would have figured things out, but who knows? I mean, they could do a late August stretch where they go eight to 10 games straight of, you know, wins, but I don't know. I just am not big on the White Sox right now. LaRusse's leadership is kind of questionable. So um, Seattle, I feel like has to be, the team that has to say we we have to do something this year and then you know out of out of those two teams the next team up i think is the phillies i mean the phillies are kind of like in the angels shoes i think what's their playoff drought 2012 um right it's around a decade it, yeah it, it's, it's, it's longer been, than the angels it's which been is a long time which is so funny because i mean you look at those you look at that 2007 to 12 phillies teams i mean what a dynasty went to the world series in back-to-back -back seasons won it in 2008 and then every other year with you know doc holiday cliff lee so many great names on those teams that uh you know they went far and deep in the playoffs but um for me i think seattle has to be the biggest team that has to be 
in it the most to win it, at least to get to the playoffs. And, you know, when you get to the playoffs, who knows? Right now, Alex, Seattle would be playing Minnesota. And I think Seattle, honestly, is a team that would be, you know, it, it would be a very nice, uh, uh, it would be a very nice team to go against. I agree. You know, Houston, New York, those are going to be different animals. But Minnesota is a team that any wildcard team easily could take in a three-game series, I believe. Yeah, I, you... We completely agree. That's why, that's why I want the six seed. I think that the six <laughs> seed is a great spot to be for most American League teams. No shade to the Twins and Minnesota fans. Yep. I think the American League Central is just by far, by far, by far the weakest division in mm -hmm. American League. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you know, whatever team gets second place or maybe third place in like the East or something like that, uh, I think that they will match up very well mm -hmm. with the best team that comes out of the American League Central. Travis. You responded to those very well. I'm very, I'm very proud of how that segment, of how that segment went. Um, but we can now shift even more deep into the talks. I'm gonna go through some different teams, and we're gonna both have a back and forth about what should these teams try to do because mm -hmm. some of them have had a really good stretch here, and they're probably gearing up to go all in, yep. like the teams you just discussed. Some of these teams have had a big skid, and they are having serious thoughts about you know, potential trades that they might give up some yep. players for mm -hmm. some prospects. So we'll get into these guys right now. First off, Travis, we'll go Boston since you already mm -hmm. mentioned them. Boston is a team who was riding... Weird, weird season. They started out so bad. <laughs> yeah. And I think we immediately wrote them off. Yep. We immediately said they are not what they were last year, which I still agree with. I know. But but we wrote them off. We said maybe a six seed. <laughs> I think I, I said no. I said no shot. Yeah, I, personally, yeah. I was like, there is no way. Like this yeah, team is just—they're yeah. playing so bad. Story was playing so bad. And then they—and then they were the four seed. <laughs> and then they—they they got so hot for like a yeah. month. There was like a month where they had the best record yeah. for that month. Like uh, mid June, probably, to mid May to like late June, they were just—I mean, so yeah, month and a half of just great baseball, just taking care of the American League. Except for that crazy stat that I saw that they—they yep. they have not won a series against the AL East, their own division, and how, which is yeah. Like it just it makes no sense. And like you're you're 500 basically, and you've never won a series against your own division this season. I mean, that to me is just you've tied a series. Like all these loser teams, like you know, even crazy. like the Angels, and now well, we took a series off the Astros. Oh, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like it, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's crazy. But um, yeah, the we'll start with Boston, Travis, yeah. because yeah. after that nice hot streak, they've been on a big skid. They are currently staring at, I'm not sure about any game that might have happened today, but as of right now, they're four and a half back of the last spot in the wild card. Yep. So they shouldn't say, oh, we're out of it. Because Travis, if that was the Angels, oh. we'd be like, oh, we're in business, We are baby. hungry, yeah, yeah. But for the Red Sox and the way they're trending and the fact that both Bogarts and J.D. Martinez expire yeah. after this season... Both have not reached an extension. It seems like both are could be in the market. At least JD is being actively discussed. Yep. Um, what do you think their approach should be? Do you see those guys getting shipped off? How does Boston handle the deadline? I think the only guy I, see, I can see getting shipped is Martinez. I don't know about Bogarts, um, but um, I think that they should sell. I think that you know the team is not as successful as last season. Um, and I know, of course, like you said, just to get a six seed and go against Minnesota again, all respect to Minnesota, but that's also a very nice, you know, entrance series into yeah. the playoffs. It sounds, it sounds good to me. It does. It's almost like we can get into the wild card, take care of Minnesota. And then after that, okay, Yankees, Houston, it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Even though those two teams right now are, you know, definitely the two most feared teams to play. But right. um, I, I think, I think selling has to be 
the uh, the main focus on them right now. They they you know they they just had a weird season. Um, I think they had a lot of luck. Uh, you know the way that Waka pitched, the way that Whitlock pitched, the way that um, you know even Pavetta pitched at times, even Rich Hill, and it's kind of just like wow, all these guys literally clicked almost at the same time. But now, of course, you got Waka and Rich Hill on the 15-day IL. Sale took a comebacker, and his pinky looked like it was going sideways. No good. Um, so now, you, of course, you got to deal with that whole Sale injury. And I mean, I, I feel like you almost don't want to go out there and spend so much on a possibility that you're gonna get the six seed and you know kind of just say whatever i mean i think the the red Sox are a team that they could easily almost rebuild kind of things in two years in a year and basically be fine and just make another strong playoff push but i think this year has to be a sell mode i would love to see if they can try to get bogarts and also get jd off their hands um i'd love to see bogarts honestly in uh in in, in cardinals red i think that that would just be such mm such a i know right now they definitely have edmund playing shortstop but i feel like that'd just be such a fun infield arenado bogarts edmund and goldschmidt i mean that would just be it'd be stupid but it's a lot of right-handed hitters in their lineup i think already so far so um uh i think bogarts and martinez it'd be great to get them out of there and get some you know really good pieces that you could possibly build on for next season the red sox are a team though next year alex honestly i mean there's of course going to be a strong contender um for you know another playoff spot i'm pretty sure they'll possibly be in the top eight or nine al teams when you look at their uh their entire roster i mean anytime you have Rafael devers you know you're going to give yourself a you're going to give yourself a really strong shot to uh to make the playoffs but i think it's sell mode this season yeah, uh, I agree with what you said. I think it's... I, and the division's too good. The division's very good. <laughs> They're obviously struggling with the division uh, so far this season. With those two guys expiring, I feel like if you let them both walk for nothing, yep. that's just not a smart play. Yep. When you right now you're like, you know, around a 500 team. Uh, of course, there's a chance they could just have a nice month in September and make the playoffs and, you know, shut everybody up. But, you know, I think that the team is probably leaning, leaning towards selling as well. Yeah. One thing I will say, Travis, is I don't know what their future looks like because they have, they've kind of famously seems like they've kind of annoyed Bogart's endeavors with the disrespectful contract extensions in yep. the minds of the players. They think they deserve quite a bit more. Devers is really becoming a mini superstar oh, yeah. in the making, Travis. He's still very young. But to my surprise, if I'm not mistaken... I think he's a free agent, not after next season, but the one after. Twenty, um, actually, right now it said twenty twenty four, I believe. Is when, yeah. So that would mean that the he's on contract for two arbitration eligibility is twenty twenty three. So he actually has two after this season. He, I think, honestly, has one. Is it one more? It may be one. I think more. it's just one more. So if that's the case, Travis, yeah, like if wow. the, if they if they get off to a bad start next year and they have not extended Devers, they will probably trade him because. They have not been willing to give out these big deals. We saw Mookie Betts. Yep. Uh, honestly, Travis, respect to Big Poppy and Manny Ramirez. I think Mookie Betts is the best player they've had in 50 years. I think I Be think he's best, that special. And when you say player, I would agree when you say and, best all around. Yeah, he value, overall around. overall yeah. value. Yeah. Value yeah. as a complete player. Yeah. Yeah. He was so good, and now he's so good for you know for Dodgers. They yeah. enjoy having him. Which is it's just kind of crazy that you, you you just have this problem with the Red Sox is you can't... I mean, I'm trying to think the last time they gave a guy a huge, huge deal. I mean, Chris Sale has to be the last guy, and it wasn't even that massive. You it, know? Pretty much ever since the Dombrowski era ended, um, I feel like Chain Bloom is 
more in this raise mindset. Instituting like a raise philosophy. And that works for the raise, but you really have to make sure you win every single trade. You have to make sure that whenever you trade out your superstar, you're getting guys who actually are going to be better in two years versus guys that are worse. Mookie Betts, Travis gets traded to the Dodgers. They get in return Jeter Downs, who has not been good at the big league level at all yet. Mm -hmm. And they also get Alex Verdugo, who this year, I think he has a OPS plus is below 100. So we're talking about not getting amazing return for the Mookie Betts trade. Of course, they sent out um, David Price. So it kind of cut away from their potential, what they could have brought back in. Travis, I wonder if at a deadline next year, what if we saw a similar scenario? They maybe Chris Sale's still hurt and they want to get off sale. Maybe they trade Devers and Sale to a contender for who knows what. LA Dodgers. Why not? You know, Justin Turner. Why? Why <laughs> He'll not? Be gone, so <laughs> why not? Uh, but yeah, my thought is, I will never count them out because yep. I think Chain Bloom's mindset, the raise mindset that you know, I think that he's trying to bring to the team is they're not going to spend. I think that's partially to do with the ownership group not mm-hmm. wanting to go over mm-hmm. like the luxury tax and all that kind of, you know, background noise. But besides that, just in terms of baseball operations, I think he's trying to be of the mindset where if we just spend all of our money on the top players, we're going to be kind of thin. So maybe he wants to build some depth there. But if you don't keep a guy like Devers, who's like your best homegrown player, sends bets as a problem. It's a problem. So definitely Boston uneasy times, I would say, but you know, but will always shock us. And, uh, we didn't think they could do it last year when the season started. And, uh, you know, at least after that first series, but they made the ALCS. So yeah. Yeah. And I think story would definitely fit nicely at the third base spot. And then, you know, we'll see what happens with, uh, or yeah. I mean, the thing is if, if, I mean, if Devers and Bogarts are both gone in the next two years, story can play second, short and third. Why why not do it all? But, and and you're kind of wondering then, you know, you got this, you know, tier tier B or C level kind of you know player and story probably probably maybe like tier B shortstop is Trevor Story, but you know it it, it just kind of depends on what Trevor Story you're getting. If you're getting the you know the, the two tw- weeks of Trevor Story that was just insane, right. or you're getting the you know the first month of Trevor Story that was just uh, you know a bad contract, much like Baez. Um, it, it just really depends on what you're getting. But in right, you know, uh, it, it'll be interesting if, if both Bogarts and Devers are gone. I mean, that would just be the a massive failure for the Red Sox. Um, but of course, every year, I feel like they always leave us wondering what's next for the Red Sox. And then you don't know what's going to happen. Alex, last year, they were what, six outs, six outs away from going up three, one against the Houston Astros. So we thought no team is going to take this team, you know, and, and it's just, they, they keep on surprising us with that, like Boston magic that they always bring to the table. So I, you know, I, I'm never going to count them out. I I've, I've done it too much and I've been wrong enough, but uh, you know, it is definitely, I think, a year that they need to look at and sell um, some of their big assets. Yeah, we agree. Uh, let's move on to Seattle now, Travis. We already touched on them uh, briefly earlier on, but what kind of what kind of moves do we see them making? And uh, it, it, it's interesting. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ignore Soto for yeah. this. There's a chance they could try to get on Soto. They've been one of the teams that have given an offer. They have, I think, the assets. I think there's a way they could get it done without giving up Julio. Yep, they they yep. won't give up Julio. There's mm-hmm. no. He's been too good the last month. I mean, I think Julio seems like to me like the next Acuna. That's kind yeah, of the vibe I'm yeah, getting. Very true. Super super dynamic five tool. Um, is good immediately in the big leagues. It seems. Yeah. Um, so I think there's no way they give him up. Too much team control, all that kind of stuff. But I think they have so much. You know, prospect depth. They have you know good pitchers. They yep. have like a top ten prospect in Novi Marte. I think around top ten MLB. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yes. With all that in mind, 
I'm trying to think of other guys they may target. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to go after pitching. Uh, they could go for a guy like Castillo or Montas. I'm not sure if they want another big bat. I feel like that could be the move if they want just another, like a, a full-time DH, maybe like a J.D. Martinez. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but give me your thoughts, I guess, on uh, what kind of move could put them over the top. Yeah, and, and looking at the starting pitching right now with Ray, Gilbert, Gonzalez, Flexen, and Kirby, I mean, all guys right now have an ERA below four, so that's, of course, a good start. Um, Robbie Ray has really kind of, uh, I would say he he's found himself a little bit more the he's past made, couple months. He's made some tweaks. I think he started yeah. using a lot of a sinker or something yeah. like that. But and, yeah, and the, the first month and a half, I mean, the, the, I mean, the, the Mariners were well below 500 and Robbie Ray was had an ERA well above four. So um, I, I think him figuring that out. And I think the pitching staff has enough to definitely, you know, I, I think still keep him at, uh, you know, at or above 500 to keep them at a good secure playoff uh, striking spot, possibly some bullpen pieces. Maybe they can go out and get to maybe sure up that bullpen. I know last year who they, they got rid of Kendall Graveman. That was such a weird trade because, Yes, you you traded him to Houston, a division rival, and in, in return you got you know you got, you got you got utility players basically. Um, even though uh, uh, was it Abraham Toro? Yes, it is. Okay, and and you know he actually from last year he was not terrible. I mean, as an Angel fan, we've seen a lot worse, but um, I, it's definitely just a questionable move this year. Of course, Toro is not on uh, on the best pace right now, only a sixty one OPS plus. But um, you know, I look at their team and um, you know. I definitely can see an upgrade possibly at an outfield spot. I mean, I know Julio is the center fielder, but Winker has been, you know, whatsoever. And uh, I mean, right now you're looking at Taylor Trammell, who's, you know, he, he's kind of their main right fielder. He's, of course, been on the IL for a really long time this season. But then, of course, you got other guys, um, Sam Haggerty, and you got, uh, you know, Dylan Moore, who's definitely a great utility guy. It's funny that their biggest move so far has been Carlos Santana. I think he had a, uh, he either had a walk off or like a, a really big hit a couple nights ago, but I don't know if Carlos Santana is going to be the one that kind of puts it over the top. I mean, he's a kind of a nice veteran guy that can, you know, be a DH or a first baseman. But um, really, you know, it's an interesting spot because you always say to yourself, you got to add if you want to make a deep playoff run or if you, of course, want to even make the playoffs. And I feel like the Mariners might need to add maybe a little bit more, possibly a bullpen piece. Um, you know, hey, I mean, I think if they have the options to go out there and get a Luis Castillo, why not? I mean, you you really would just secure that rotation even more. That you know, it wouldn't be so much pressure on your uh, on your on your lineup to get you know runs and runs and runs every single night. But um, I think bullpen or starting pitching would probably be their main focus. I don't I don't know quite an area that they would be you know looking to secure more and more on the on the positional side do, do you do you by chance see anything on that on that and i mean suarez yeah. has kind of picked it up i would have said the left side of the infield but eugenio suarez kind of actually has had somewhat of an okay season i would, I would say it's been a about it's been a very solid season it is. for what we it expected is. yeah yeah and so the, the 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 lineup card the lineup portion of it it's definitely a um you know, I, I can't really see too, too much on, on that side that you'd say, oh, we need to get a definite upgrade in that spot. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're in a unique spot where there's a lot of depth upcoming. And so it's kind of hard to say where do we want to really add somebody. I think, you know, if they really are thinking about winning this year, it could make sense to add a guy who is going to expire and it might not yep. cost that much like a J.D. Martinez. I think for some Correct. reason, a proven thumper in the middle middle of the lineup could help them. Uh I think that you know an everyday DH, a guy who can maybe play the corners if needed. Good spot. Um, yeah. I think it makes sense, but I think overall, Travis, there's 
um, a handful of options. And I think that what you said earlier reigns true that they're going to need to do something that's somewhat drastic in order to become a real contender. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Travis, I just feel like um, it seems like they're on a really good pace to make the playoffs. And when a team does make the playoffs, especially if they get you know hot a couple weeks before, it really just comes down to who's playing the best for yeah. a you know three four week span and and it very well could be them so maybe they don't even need to make any additions but um i think that you know gm jerry depoto is more than willing to approach the, approach the deadline with some urgency and you know get a deal done but yeah. uh, we'll keep moving on to the next teams travis but I, ha- I, do, I do like that jd martinez it's actually a really good idea because it it secures that lineup even more um i guess you got guys like dylan moore uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking also Abraham Toro is getting a lot of reps out there too. I think Kyle Lewis has been playing a little bit more the past couple of games. So some of those outfielders might be on the, you know, DH role, but um, that'd be a huge bet. I think that would just, you know, add more to that lineup um, and, you know, make it even deadlier. If you got to go through Julio, you got to go through Ty France, you got to go through, um, you know, even of course you add, like you said, um, JD Martinez, that would just be three guys that are just, you know, wow, you know, all-star type players right there. Right, right. I think we, and I think there's also some other bats that I think people uh, might not think about, but mm-hmm. like a guy like a Mancini or a Josh Bell could be That's a DH right. for you. That's right. There's a handful of guys that yep. make sense for different teams. Mancini and also, um, I I know he got a round of applause a couple of days ago, or maybe even yesterday or today, but it was uh, Wilson Contreras. A lot of people think also he might be on the trade block for the uh, Chicago Cubs. So team that could definitely need a catcher um, could be a, you know good, a really good. Uh, you know, almost almost a guy that really platoons. I know him against lefties, Alex. He rakes against lefties. So could be a guy that you input there against lefties. Um, but we'll see exactly where uh, where his market shifts in the next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to the Yankees okay. now. The Yankees are a team that have been so good. It's kind of hard to say, you know, what are your holes? Yep. And I wrote this down prior to today, Travis, when, of course, we know that Andrew Benintendi has been traded to the Yankees. Uh, just for some minor league players, yep. it seemed. Uh, so not affecting the big league team. They're definitely in an idea where they can win now. I believe Benintendi's a free agent, so it's just a rental where they say, hey, let's you know, get some depth in the outfield in case Gallo stays bad, in case Stanton stays hurt, in case Hicks kind of falls off. You know, They have this insurance here. Benintendi is a guy who, if nothing else, is probably a guy that fans will definitely, I would say they like him better yeah. than Gallo because he's going to be a consistent contact bat. Whereas Gallo has just been the opposite. He's been no contact. And mm-hmm. when he does get a hold of one, it is a monster shot. But <laughs> yeah. I think the Yankee fans are really dreading the strikeout numbers by Gallo. So Ben Tenney's going to be the opposite, less strikeouts, more balls in play. Um, maybe it's what they need, but I think, you know, the offense is really rolling anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's, it's more just insurance in my mind, but I don't think they're done is my guess. No, no. Um, I can see them going for another starter and pushing, uh, someone else to the bullpen for the yep. playoff time. Um, I can see them adding bullpen insurance with the, with all the, uh, uh, Chapman issues, but uh, how would you think the Yankees might approach this? Yeah, I mean, Benintendi's already done, so he will be um, in their lineup, in their outfit. I think that that pretty much sets the uh, the lineup card. It's pretty much complete, I think, when it comes to adding, you know, those type of players. But I think that, um, you know, starting pitching, definitely, you could possibly even make another move. I, I think right now they have, have a good um, core with, you know, and I, Garrett Cole, of course. I think, I, I, I'm sure... 
by the numbers, I mean, the numbers aren't horrendous, Alex, but of course, I think we've just seen bad clips of Garrett Cole so far this season, but I think he's kind of... I think he's still very good. I, 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 of course, I mean, a, three, a 3.09. I mean, we'd, we'd, we'd love to have a guy like that. So um, it's still good. Montgomery is having a great year. Even uh, Jamison Tyon's having a good year as well. Nestor Cortez. Don't... Um, I would honestly like to see even Nestor possibly move to the bullpen during playoff time. I I I, I don't know. I just feel like he he fits really well there possibly. In you don't the, trust uh, him, huh? I you know I don't know. I I don't know if he has the uh, <laughs> the playoff the, it factor. The but, stuff. Um, one guy that actually went down for the rest of the season, Michael King. He will not be pitching for the Yankees anymore. So right. I, I think getting a bullpen guy is going to be um, I would say the top priority right now. For Brian Cashman to uh, to make that move because you want, of course, Clay Holmes locking it down, but you also just want some of that insurance. Wandy Peralta and uh, I think it's Lucas Lidke. Nancy pronounces yeah, name. lucky uh, something. Yeah, uh, sure. you know, very very good season so far. Um, Clark Schmidt also one of their top prospects over the last couple of years, been doing very nice in the bullpen, um, and I think. Uh, Luisiga, I don't, I don't know how much he has not pitched too, too much this year, but it no. looks like he's activated. But the numbers are not um, crazy, crazy good right now. They're not crazy good. I will say that Luisiga is, in my mind, still very good. I think yep. a lot of the numbers still like him. He's just had a really small sample size so far. Yeah. I think that you know the Yankees' pen is still lots of upside, but in the playoffs, you want as much reinforcements as you can get. Of course. Yes. I think it could be a good move. I mean. Uh, I'm not. I was gonna say I think it's a good move to get Luis Castillo. Obviously, it's a good move to yeah. add <laughs> another great starting of pitcher course, to your team. Of course. So adding a guy like him to push a guy like Nestor, or you know, I'm not sure who would honestly get the short end of the stick there yeah. because Cole is obviously gonna stay a starter. Mm-hmm. I think Montgomery's probably earned the starter mm-hmm. spot. Um, so either Tyone or or uh, you know, I mean Severino. It depends how he's doing at the yeah. time. It, yeah. A lot of kind of mixed factors going. But you're on. right. I mean, I mean, I remember there's a. I think he faced the Yankees a couple weeks ago, and someone all, all the tweets were going off, and they're just saying, you know, how, how is he not like the, a- Luis Castillo's audition for the Yankees? He passed. Like it was kind right. of just like he can he can phase that New York environment and just that just the you know the 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 just the yeah the, the clear environment of New York City and he he did very very well pitching that night. I think they even did the Reds sweep the Yankees that series. I think they won the series. They won the series. It was for a sure. surprise because you're just Two to like one, I think. the Reds are taking it to the New York Yankees. But um I mean yeah. I mean can you imagine Cole and Castillo and then of course you got to deal with Montgomery or Tyon and then of course other guys and then you just have an elite bullpen. I mean of course I think Brian Cashman is his main uh you know his main get would be, could I get one starting pitcher and also one reliever and just kind of make this just almost like game over before the game even started kind of just uh rotation right. that, you know, you have so many big names and you're basically asking the, the New York Yankees lineup to go out there and can you, can you score us three to four runs in a game and we should be able to get the dub for you guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, so far, just just uh, just a great year from pitching side on the Yankees. And I think that, um, you know, even getting more starting pitching is it's never going to hurt. So um, and you always see those teams, Alex, get that starting pitcher that helps them get over the hump in October. Justin Verlander for the Astros in 2017. And, you know, even going back to even Johnny Cueto for the Kansas City Royals. Um, so many guys that basically have helped their team get through October. Um, one more piece for starting pitching would definitely not hurt, of course, the New York Yankees. So I think pitching, of course, has to just be the focus from here on out until August 2nd. And then, Travis, one pitcher that I forgot to mention, um, I think the two names that are in everybody's mind are Luis Castillo mm-hmm. 
and Frankie Montas, yep. amongst others. There's some lower name guys yeah. like Noah Syndergaard gets yep. floated around mm-hmm. as someone who's like, well, if you want average production that you know consistently has been healthy so yes. far. Yeah. There's other options like that, but someone Travis, I think that someone else entered the starting pitcher trade market. The chat. Yep. In the in in the last two weeks, and mm-hmm. it's because his team has been on a bit of a skid. I think mm-hmm. a seven game losing streak. Wow. I'm talking about the Giants, Travis. I'm talking about Carlos Rodon. They are a team that has lost, I think, about seven in a row. Wow. They yeah. just dipped below 500 um, for the first time in a long time this season. Uh, Rodon is someone, Travis, who he is a technically a spot expiring contract because he can opt out, um, which I'm sure he will because yes. he's earned a big deal kind of proving that last year was not a fluke. Um, so great by him. He met, he met his innings threshold already. So... He's completely able to opt out um, and not do that option. So, yeah, I think that he is in a great spot to be one of these rentals who could be totally dominant for you in, in, a, in a game in October. I think that he's a, a guy that many teams would like to call on. I think he'd do great, you know, for the Yankees, for any team that really just wants to add one more arm to the team. Uh, will the Giants sell for sure? I don't know because like you just said, there was only about two and a half games out yep. of the race. So that is by no means you know, time to be quitters. But I think that they are a very opportunistic team. I think that they're not really um, – they, they don't want to gamble. I think that like if there's a sure bet that we could get a great return for this guy, I think they'll do that. Um, I think that they know that this year is probably not their year. I feel like last yeah. year was really their year. Um a lot and of last this, year was just a, I mean, I don't want to say fluke, but it was just it was it, an all time everybody clicking kind I mean, of year. You, you, you tell me that they're going to win a hundred and what eight games, and yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean, it does not make sense. So, and this yeah. year, currently below 500, the guys who were amazing last year have all taken a step back. Longoria's numbers, not quite as good. Belt's numbers, not quite as good. Mm-hmm. Crawford's numbers, not quite as good. Posey retired. A lot of the pitchers just not quite on the same exact level. Yes. Gosman swapped in for Rodon. It's kind of been similar story, but I think it's a great opportunity to have a rental there yeah. by letting Rodon uh, go. So yeah. I just wanted to mention his name. Yeah, and I know they've also talked about. I actually, it's funny the Atlanta Braves actually reached out. I heard about for Jock Peterson. He's uh, he's done. Of course, exactly. the contract ends after the year. So I think that uh, there are a lot of good players on the on the uh, on the Giants right now that could be you know very useful to a lot of teams and so I feel like getting a guy I think Brennan Belt signed the uh signed the one year what 18 million dollar um oh qualifying offer qualifying offer and so I mean I, I know he's not having the greatest season but I mean there are probably a lot of teams out there that could say man a left-handed bat like that you know maybe we can go out there and get someone um of that caliber but I feel like you got a lot of pieces on this team that you could scrap out for uh for you know tons and tons of possible prospects are just guys that you can possibly use sometime in in you know in the in the next couple of years but um they're they're a team as well where they could get in alex and become the sixth seed no problem at all um i think it's clear cut right now that the dodgers mets and it looks like the it looks like right now the brewers and the cardinals are both are both those teams are of course are gonna uh flirt for the division but one of the at least both those teams should make the playoffs um, and then Should, it, yeah. it, I mean, it looks like Atlanta is an easy playoff team right now because, of course, they're only a couple games back, I believe, of the New York Mets. And um, I, I think their playoff odds are, of course, really high. Um, and then, of course, Padres. I think the way they've played so far, Alex, and you're going to be getting Tatis hopefully back even in the next two weeks. You, you think the Padres are definitely a shoe in for the playoffs right now. So it just looks like almost like 
for, for the Giants, you'd have to play such good baseball just to be the sixth seed and just to go up against, you know, Milwaukee or St. Louis. And, you know, maybe something magical could happen and you can kind of make a, you know, a very nice run. But I feel like you have a lot of assets right now that you could look at and say, man, we could really trade this and, you know, try again in the next in the next, you know, so years to uh, to, to make this work. I mean, Joey Bart is going to be a rising catcher. Um, taking over that Buster Posey spot. And then I think you mentioned they might have had a, uh, I think it's a top 10 or top 15 prospect right now. Um, I think he's an, a shortstop, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but, um, I, I know. It, I don't want to butcher his name, but yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> but I mean, you got guys like Longoria and Crawford, old guys right now on the 10-day IL, both of them. I just feel like it's it's just not going your way for, uh, for, for the Giants. And uh, it, it, you just possibly just need to kind of scrap things up, take the season as it is, and, you know, make the best of these assets. I mean, I, I feel like as, you know, just even going back, of course, bitching for about being an Angels fan, but I feel like every year the Angels were always in this circumstance where it's like, well, you know, should we, we buy? Should, should we, we buy? Should we sell? We're always in the middle. I think this season it's clear cut. I feel like there are a lot of guys that we should be saying, you know, uh, thanks for your time, but, you know, we want to at least get something in return. You know, Noah Syndergaard possibly one of those guys, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't think the Giants right now should be looking at we, we need to make a serious second half run. Um, you know, again, baseball, Alex, anything can happen. We could see them go off and do another crazy, you know, streak like they did last year and make the playoffs on, you know, high hopes. But um, Rodon, you would I mean, you would be getting a lot in return for him, Alex, because like you said, the advanced metrics are really good with him. And, you know, an all star this season. I mean, how many got how many teams could use that power throwing left handed pitcher right now um, and possibly have the best chance to re-sign him after the season's done? I mean, I, I mean, so many teams come to mind, but I think Rodon would fit so, so nicely. He'd fit in everyone's starting rotation, of course. But I think the, the Giants need to just kind of scrap things up like the Boston Red Sox. Um, they, they have it. They have a team good enough to get to the sixth seed. But I just feel like it's it's almost like. Okay, we get to the sixth seed, and I mean, we kind of just got to pray and hope that you know the, the playoffs goes our way, which could happen. But you know, again, I just think that it's their year to uh, to kind of scrap some pieces and get rid of them, and you know, grow towards the future. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and you kind of mentioned it, but there's so many suitors for a guy like Rodon um, Peterson as well, a platoon outfielder. Yeah. It makes sense, but I think Rodon is someone Travis like think about like how good, how much he could help any team that needs rotation help yeah blue yep. jays are a team have had some rotation issues yeah and ryu are not quite being their best version of themselves the cardinals are super thin in the rotation yes. they have some names who are performing kind of nicely but it's a rotation i do not trust at all yeah. i think even yeah. cardinal fans don't trust it that much yeah minnesota um, i mean they they need some help i feel like they need some some right. some nice pieces i mean rodon leading that rotation with joe ryan that would give him a clear shot to okay they could absolutely take over the uh, you know the the wild card round, beat the six seed, and then of course you go into the um, you go into uh, the you know the A American League division series against either New York or Houston. Yeah, you're not favored by a lot, but I mean, imagine you Joe want one Ryan. of those guys in one of those games, like a Rodon. Rodon yeah. could tear it up against both those teams. So yeah, yeah, definitely a, uh, a a good piece. I mean, a guy like Rodon could shut down. Uh, Jordan Alvarez for the game or even a you know a Matt Carpenter for a game you know those lefty power hitters that um I feel like they're going to come back to bite you sometime in the playoffs but um you're right I mean Minnesota if they want to make it a clear cut we're in it to win this year I think getting a guy like Rodon would be very very uh you know beneficial for them yeah I mean I'm excited to see what kind of moves the Giants do because uh they have some exciting players that would 
be great to see in the postseason. But we'll keep moving, Travis. New York Mets, I want to discuss as well for a little bit. They are have been leading their division almost the whole year. The Braves are really kind of made the gap almost non-existent. Yeah. Uh, but the Mets are still, I think, very good. Yeah. Um, Two-game lead. Not quite as good as they were at the very onset of the season, but by all means on pace to, you know, establish themselves firmly in the playoffs. We'll see, we'll see who, wins, who wins the division. But what kind of things should they be targeting? Um, they've been in the Soto whispers quite a bit. Um, I know that they've been connected also to Wilson Contreras, which is a move that I think makes tons of sense yeah. because if they were going to call up their top prospect, um, Alvarez, who's you a catcher. now. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 if they were going to do it, they would have done it yeah. already. Like, yeah. why would you do it with like a month before the playoffs yeah. and like hope, like pray that he can be really good. But yeah. th- th- their catcher... Uh, of course, Nido, uh, Nimo, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, N- Nido. Tomas. Yeah, T- Tomas Nido, but I'm, Nido. I'm blinking on the other, the guy who they signed. Not, bi- not McCann, big, McCann. Not I'm big Dan Vogelbach. I'm thinking of McCann. Yeah. Uh, McCann, who they signed to a pretty gross contract a couple <laughs> yeah. of seasons ago. Travis, I remember there was so much buzz about, you know, which team should get McCann. It was the same year that Real Muto hit free agency. That's and every, true. It was almost like, which whichever team wants Real Muto and doesn't get him, they can get McCann and have this like oh, like the second best catcher of the yeah. free agency. And I'm just so glad. I mean, I was always like anti Angels getting McCann. Yeah. I was like, we already have Stassi. He's underrated. Yeah. McCann's overrated. He has not panned out very well at yeah. all. Um, the value I, and the money given to him has just been uh, horrendous. And I, I I know I was kind of like, man, that'd be cool if we got McCann. And and I think you were pulling me back a little bit and saying, you know. Dust yourself off. What do you? What do you Stassi's the king. What are you talking yeah, about? You th- especially when you look at value. Like value. What, what's Stassi getting paid? Like eighteen million dollars over like four or five years. So you right. look at that and you're like, okay, I will definitely take that. Um, you know, what, what, what was McCann getting? Like 30, 38 mil, forty mil Dude, for like four years or something. Like am that. I am I crazy? Hold on, I want to check right now. I, maybe I'm nuts. I thought it was like twenty million a year. Is that wrong? Oh no 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 no. I yeah, hope, yeah. I, I, four, I, yeah. So four four years, uh, forty mil. Yeah, so he's getting okay, like 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 a year. year. Yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not like a devastating two yeah. year. It's but not 10 devast- mil. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, but for for what you're getting, it, it makes no sense. But either way, I think that they are definitely looking to bolster some certain positions in the team. The infield feels pretty good. Yeah. Um, maybe you want to add an outfielder. Maybe you want to add a catcher. Um, I'm sure you know pitching is always useful. I think their bullpen can use help. But I think Wilson Contreras for me is what makes. A lot, a lot of sense. They already have Very the connection true. with the Cubs because they traded for Javi Baez last year. So mm-hmm. maybe if there's some other prospects that got left out of that deal that the Cubs want, they could try to get Wilson Contreras to, you know, add one more piece. Ian Happ, I don't know. I, it's not really common, I think, to see like two players traded together yeah. at the deadline. But, you know, they could use maybe an outfielder and a catcher, maybe make a combo deals in mm-hmm. some sort of way. I think the Mets will make moves, though, just because of the aggressiveness of owner Steve Cohen. He has kind of shown that he is down to spend money. Yep. He is down to do what it takes to make the team win. So they'll trade for a guy that's on a bigger contract or whatever whatever it may be. Um, I could really see, um, you know, them targeting a guy like Wilson Contreras. But any other thoughts on the Mets? Yeah, I mean, Wilson Contreras, you hit on the spot. I didn't really know who they would, you know, possibly be going for. But Contreras seems to be just the obvious pick for them. They have so many utility guys and so many guys that can play so many spots that I'm not really too concerned about the lineup. I mean, Jeff McNeil right now is kind of their super utility player and he was an all-star this season, but you still got JD Davis that can play so many spots. Mark Canna, Eduardo Escobar, um, Luis Guillerme, they all can play so many different spots with Alonzo and Lindor kind of, you know, being the, the, 
the 1A first baseman and shortstop of the team right now. And then, of course, Brandon Nimmo and Starling Marte being your outfielders if you want to play them in right or center. But um, I think that you're pretty safe when it comes to the lineup. I think that, of course, like you said, um, the catching position would be, I think, the highest target. That would pretty much – it would definitely qualify this team into just a – a, almost a different class when you have to write that lineup card when Buck Showalter has to write that lineup card it definitely it, it feels a lot better but um you know again of course pitching is going to be another area they might want to you know look into could they go out there and get a bullpen guy um right now Alex I mean if I'm not mistaken DeGrom should be back sometime in August um and we should be getting uh classic Jacob DeGrom you know pitching and Hope so I, I mean honestly Looking at it, you could really say to yourself, man, you're basically telling DeGrom that you, you know, you have two months before October, man, talk about how, just how the, the stamina for him will be at an all time high. It feels like, so imagine him pitching. Most guys have to go through, we saw it last year, Alex, Max Scherzer was just running out of energy at the end of the season. I feel like the Dodgers were really pushing him in some of those games, but I mean, you almost have to in the playoffs, but I feel like Jacob DeGrom, he'll just have, I feel like he'll just be so refreshed come October that it could be a very good season and a very good postseason for Jacob DeGrom. But I mean, Scherzer's already on the team. Taiwan Walker's having a great, great year. Chris Bassett. I mean, it, this guy's going to be your four starter practically, Alex. I mean, you basically have four just top tier guys right now with Walker, Scherzer, uh, Bassett, and then uh, Jacob DeGrom coming back. Carrasco is a guy that, you know, he could be your five guy. He could do a lot of different roles. David Peterson can come out there and do a lot of different roles. I mean, they definitely have a lot of options already at the starting pitching um, level. I feel like bullpen would be something that may, they may want to sure up and, you know, possibly go out there and get someone that can maybe transition into an Edwin Diaz save. Diaz has been the best closer practically in Major League Baseball this season. So, I mean, finding another lockdown guy could be uh, could be a big, you know, hunt for them this uh, in this next week. But it just feels like the Mets have so many spots already, you know, filled. Yeah. But like you said, like you said in the last uh, in, the, in the Yankees, uh, you know, topic and discussion, I mean, Luis Castillo, do you want him? It's like, well, of course I want him. <laughs> yeah, he'd help anybody. <laughs> I mean, imagine having a guy like that with this rotation. You basically be giving all these guys so much rest in the playoffs. And you wonder if Showalter knows that now that, you know, looking at last year, Scherzer's another year older. He's going to, of course, need some rest in the playoffs if you want to go far. He's still going to be, of course, a great, tremendous pitcher. But um, I'm sure he knows that a guy like him is going to need a little bit more rest than he got last season. So, you know, adding just more depth will only create, you know, more and more success for your team. So really curious to see how this team goes. But I think you hit it at the nail in the coffin. Wilson Contreras just makes the best fit right now for that team to kind of just be complete. Yeah, I, I we agree, um, it seems. But one more thing I want to add. I mentioned like a Hap Contreras, mm -hmm. like Cubs joint deal. I think another joint deal that also makes a lot of sense because you keep mentioning the bullpen. I agree that the bullpen is something where they could use one more piece. Um, actually, uh, David Robertson is someone who has been kind of rumored mm -hmm. to be uh, in talks of going from the Cubs to the Mets because they need that bullpen help. He's had a great year so far, 1.83 ERA, um, a pretty solid FIP. I think he's due for a bit of regression here. I think he might not. He, he's not a true 1.83 ERA guy for the rest of the season. Yeah. But, you know. Um, he's definitely a good guy to target. Yeah. Uh, he's been really solid over almost 40 innings. Already for the, knows New York for no. the Cubs. Yeah, I mean he's been a, he's been on the other team in the in the city, and yeah. you know maybe he can have a chance to go against them in the World Series. You know we'll we'll save that for another time. But um, yeah, I think that he's a good guy to target. They could do some sort of deal for him and Contreras, and you know the Cubs could probably really have a nice asking price in return. So 
lot of fun things I think uh, can happen for the Mets. Uh, I also think that I read that one of, that their DH spot has been one of the least productive in baseball. Um, Davis had a really bad time filling the DH spot because yeah. Alonso is playing a lot of first base. Um, DH spot has been kind of cycled through different guys who have not been great overall. So they could really use a guy like a Mancini, like a Josh Bell, a JD Martinez. So I think that, you know, they're in a prime spot to add impactful players. I'm excited to see what their offseason looks like. Yeah. Or sorry, their trade deadline yeah. looks like. JD, you're out. JD, you're in. That that could end up very well being the case. <laughs> um, that would be that would be a lot of depth right there in that road in that lineup, man. That would just I mean talk about the power. <laughs> Travis, I'm going to move on now to the team that I believe as of right now, believe it or not, has the best record in baseball. It is no longer the Yankees. Mm -hmm. It is the L.A. Dodgers. The Dodgers. um, Sorry, actually, Yankees, two games. I'm sorry, a one game lead over the best uh, best uh, record in baseball. Is, is that- 66 and 32 Dodgers, 64 and 32. Of course, this probably wasn't updated today, but still, um, I think Yankees still slimly have a uh, have really? the best record still. Really? Well, my well, my app here says that the Dodgers have a sixty a sixty seven percent win percentage. Either way, whatever win percentage, I think they they might have the uh, the edge. So either way, it's very close. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers um, have really kind of said, "Don't forget about us." Yes, we are still the premier team in MLB. Maybe some people will still offer Yankees for you know whoever else, but I think the yes. Dodgers have really been the kind of, you know, the team who is always kind of a favored team, um, not only in the National League, but overall in terms yeah. of just World Series odds. They are in a spot where they have options here, Travis, at the de- at the trade deadline. Definitely. I am not sure exactly what spots they're going to target. Um, they're kind of in a, in a tough spot where, you know, May has missed most of the season. Um, Walker Bueller is expected to come back here at some point, mm-hmm. but not sure exactly when that will be and how effective he will be when he does come back. Um, other issues they have going on is, you know, how good um, will Gonsolin be? Or sorry, how long will he be this good? Yeah. I imagine it won't be for, you know, for that that long. Tyler Anderson has been great. How long can he keep that up? And then Heaney has been like injured and kind of in and out. But when he's been there, he's been good. But is he, is he going to start a playoff game? I definitely doubt it. So do yeah. they really go and add a big pitcher here? I've heard them in on Luis Castillo. Do they drop it all and go for Soto and just say, we want to have the best corner outfield duo in all of baseball yeah. for the next eight years? They could do that too. Um, but they're definitely a team who uh, all eyes are going to be on them because they continue to come out of nowhere. They, they, they could be not in any rumors at all, I feel like. And out mm-hmm. of nowhere, just all of a sudden, Dodgers are now favored to land Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. And everyone's just like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And and then, of course, it, of course they locked that down, secured the deal. So what do you, if you had to give a guess, how do you think they approach this coming trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, already striking gold with Trace Thompson, Alex. I mean, it's, 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 it's unfair. 27 games and already, you know, 1.2 war. Um, you know, the OPS is at a 920 right now. The batting average is above 300. I mean, again, it's just another player where they just seem to be able to fix him and he's already hitting like, you know, of course, like an all-star. But I know it's 27 games, short uh, sample size, but just a crazy pickup to be an outfielder for that team right now so far. But, um, you know... I just had this crazy thought. What if they go for a trade for Jock Peterson and do a bit of a Jock Peterson trace... Uh, Thompson 
platoon action. Thompson back to the bay. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I, I was saying like, what if they, you platoon the two and like played both? Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, that would be that would be the most ideal spot, and I think that they could easily do that. It, and- it, it'd just be interesting to see. Uh, jock you know have a crazy homecoming i yep, think he would yep. embrace it and so with Dodgers fans definitely definitely and so uh that that's a good idea i mean that that's that's i mean you basically have trace hitting lefties and uh jock hitting righties i think i think jock is definitely a great i mean he's he's an, he's an outstanding player to have in the playoffs against righties um and he's definitely a guy that you love to platoon with um and that's yeah. why that's why the braves did you know so well in getting that package with getting rosario getting peterson and also getting uh jorge soler of last year but um i think yeah definitely the pitching side would i would again have to be the focus on that like you said you don't know how um how much longer gonsolin is going to be you know this elite kind of level um i guess also same thing might apply with tyler anderson i mean i know he's been somewhat of a uh highly you know highly anticipated and a lot of teams in the last couple of off seasons have you know dropped his name out as a guy that you know had some good stretches in his career so far but um will his luck kind of begin to run out walker bueller when of course will he return i think you always have to ask the question alex with you know how long is clayton kershaw gonna of course provide a full healthy season or at least you know make it to the playoffs on you know you know a healthy back and a healthy two legs and a healthy two arms so i think that's always that question so i think that a starting pitcher i feel like would have to be some of the main focus on them right now i mean if you told me imagine gonsolin just kind of regressed into you know just that just that pitcher you 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 knew he'd be um and then of course kershaw is just not fully healthy going into october and then bueller is of course not healthy going into october and you're basically just running on gonsolin urias and anderson i think a lot of teams could have you know their success with that uh those three starting pitchers to start off a ball game so i think that they need to be in the starting pitching market um and then like you said possibly even get some other platoon guys to uh, to fill in for uh for you know for their outfielders and all that kind of stuff but i i, I right. think i think i think starting pitching would have to be the main focus you know soto of course is a is a fun topic to talk about but um again i that's to me i mean i know front offices have a different mindset but that of course is just a that's just a player i feel like you have to you have to spend a lot of time you know it's it's a massive investment that you're going to be getting and have to of course pay for right that so it takes time to really say to yourself do we really want to explore that option in and we have five days to do it so yeah and that's the exact thing i think the nats are hoping to maybe catch a team desperate that's gonna you know i wouldn't say overpay because when you're getting Juan soto you're getting great value in return but they're probably looking to see someone who really needs to make a big splash and might try to take advantage mm-hmm. of that. But mm-hmm. are the Dodgers going to hit the panic button and go for Soto? I'm not sure. There's nothing to really panic about, but he definitely would be a great addition to be a mainstay he would. out there in the outfield. Uh, Travis, one more pitcher. I had the thought about Rodon, and yeah, I'm having yeah. the same thought about another pitcher. Just the other day, the, uh, the Marlins came yeah. out and said they're listening to offers. Everybody not named... Sandy Alcantara is on the table. Wow. That tells me that I think Pablo Lopez could be a great guy for some of these teams to target. Uh, He is currently a free agent after a couple more seasons. So there's some level of control there, which is a guy that, you know, he probably will garner more prospects than some other guys who are just one year rentals, Mm -hmm. but um, a controllable guy who could really help a team that has a really kind of set window in the next few seasons. Um, I can imagine a team like the Astros going after him. 
I, even the Dodgers could, could go after him. But those teams would probably be the guys targeting a Pablo Lopez type. So yeah. maybe Dodgers can see that through. Um, they could also definitely end up with a Castillo type who uh, is also going to be on contract next season. So I think the Dodgers are not much going for a one-year rental right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely... I think with them, it definitely they know there's a bit of a window here. Yep. Um, it's not like a this year a bust. So well, we'll they, they have enough one year rentals. I mean, Kershaw is done after the year, and I think even right. is Tyler Anderson possibly done after the year. I believe he is. Yeah. So I mean, they got a lot of guys that are going to be you know expiring have to negotiate. Of course, Trey Turner will be expiring. Yes, there's a, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, ju- I think I even looked at it too. I think I, I'm if I'm not mistaken, I know Justin Turner. I think is expired as well, and I think even. I think even Max Muncy has expired. So it, there's just a lot of guys Easy. that are going to have to uh, be um, be thought of in this offseason. I mean, of course, the Dodgers are just so crafty and smart in what they're going to be doing. But um, they definitely have a lot of guys probably coming off the books this season. I think even is David Price coming off the books? You might be checking that right he now. He may but, be, yeah. But, and, and um, what you said about Muncy. good. <laughs> right. What you said about Muncy, there's a team option next okay. year for the Dodgers. Okay. I don't know if they take that or not. I, okay. I, I, I'm not sure how much he's supposed to make. But yeah. if, you know. I do think he's better than what he's done so far yes. this year. Yeah, he definitely. I mean, I'm not gonna say I think I know that he's better than what he's shown this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still a one war guy, so he's not like a Bellinger of last year where it was just like unwatchable. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. offensively at least. But yeah, yeah, I think that Muncie is a guy who um, has something to prove. Has been really good for them in the playoffs historically. Has some really big home runs for them in the postseason. Yes. So. Yep. Um, not counting him out by any means, but if things don't go great for him in the October, they could definitely uh, not do the team option, yep. let him walk. Yep. Yep. So you're right. There could be lots of expiring going on. Pretty crazy also that, you know, the Marlins, I mean, I mean, right now as, as you're looking at the standings, I don't know what they, what they've, what they've done so far tonight of how, how they've changed. But I mean, right now they're four and a half games back of a playoff spot. I mean, it's gonna. It would take a lot to have them make the sixth seed, and I don't know if. Especially considering those teams that are in the wild card spots yeah, right now, being yeah. pretty pretty deadly. Yeah, but I mean, looking at guys like I mean, actually, I don't know what his what his um, what his contract looks like, but I know he was a guy I wanted to target. I, I told you about it, but Joey Wendell's a guy that would be a great utility guy on a lot of playoffs. Oh teams. yeah, I think any team that needs a shortstop, third base, he'd be a great choice. Yeah, a lefty, yeah. I think the Yankees. He's a total makes, infielder. It makes tons of sense if if kind of Falefa's not doing the job, but. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. And, and I mean, also, I mean, I, it's funny they said Sandy, but I mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure that also includes Jazz. I Jazz I is they, on the 60 day aisle. I don't think he's playing the rest of the season. Oh, I'm not sure about his injury status, so yeah, maybe he's off, either, the, but, off for that reason. But I, 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 what I've heard is that you know, there's, I think they'd be willing to do that. I think that they are not tied to him as the franchise guy for whatever reason. I don't know if it's locker room stuff. Interesting. Yeah. There was yeah. a report a couple months ago about locker room issues. You mm-hmm. know, don't want to speculate, but yeah. I think that you know they said Sandy uh, and is off the table and everyone else is good. I think they said that for a reason. But you know we'll see if they end up making moves um, with yeah. some of their pieces or not. They have yep. some controllable pieces, so could help those teams that are trying to contend now and in the future. A couple guys like even Anthony Bass, um, Alex this year. I mean, really low key. I mean, he's got a, a 1.48 ERA with uh, 40 about 43 innings pitched and 43 strikeouts so pretty much a strikeout inning but i mean one number of course you're really going to like it the fip is at a 1.97 nice so i mean i just a guy that you could even target for i mean a lot of playoff contenders could say man we just need another uh, another bullpen guy trustworthy arm and this guy like anthony bass can get the job done so i mean um i I think a lot of teams be creative and i think the marlins would definitely be creative in shipping some of these guys out to uh to you know make that I feel like make that prospect pool just that much richer and uh, just to get a lot more pieces for, you know, the next couple of years. Cause we always, 
we always speculate. We always talk about Alex. You know, I you know we 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 just love to see what the Miami Marlins are going to look like in the next couple of years with that pitching staff, at least with Sixto, with uh, I think it's Yuri Perez, and then also um, Edward, Edward Cabrera. You got Sandy. If you're basically building on heaving. Hey, Mayor, I yeah, his name is. Yeah, yeah, Max Mayer, of course. Um, it's just so many guys that you can see being so successful for this team in, in the near future. And then yep. you know, we, we thought we had a good, um, you know, start of a career. I mean, it, it was a good start, but, you know, Trevor Rogers was was unreal last year. This year, it's just been very, it's kind of been a, a crazy regression, a 5.85 ERA, Alex. I mean, almost a 6 ERA this season, where last year, I mean, he was in the twos. He was getting a lot of Rookie of the Year votes, but... Um, yeah, I mean, just a lot of pieces I think that the, the Miami Marlins could get rid of for uh, more and more prospects. And I think teams would be willing to trade them for, uh, you know, those kind of spots if they if they can secure, you know, bullpen pieces or even starting pitching spots to uh, to help that um, just to help their team get closer and closer to, of course, the playoffs and then to make an impact in the playoffs. But another team, of course, like you mentioned, I, I think a lot of players are on the move for this team. Not quite like the Detroit Tigers. That's really questionable. But um it seems like the Marlins have a lot of people in the, in the, in the, uh, in the minors that are going to be helpful one day, but they have a lot of older guys that are, I feel like, you know, ready to be shipped out right now. Yeah. I think also Garrett Cooper was a name that was yes. linked yeah. to the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers expressed some level of interest and in maybe trying to trade for him. We'll see how that goes, but let's keep moving on. Travis, the next team I want to talk about is the Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. They are just in a peculiar spot. They didn't see themselves being in this kind of spot out of the playoffs at the deadline. Do you think that they have, I guess, the cojones to sell at the deadline? Yeah. Uh, Do you think that they are? I mean, I don't think they've given up on the season, but I think based on the teams ahead of them, yes, they certainly could catch some of them. Yeah. But just based on the injuries, some of the regression, Giolito, Travis Evans, fantasy, mm-hmm. it has not been a very good year for him, no, to say the least. All. Some injury stints as well, so not sure uh, the whole picture there. But um, overall, not performing like they remotely thought that they would. Um, there's still great upside. You know, Cease has been amazing. Um, so much good youth. Um, Mancada has not been amazing, but, yep. you know, he's still a great talent, I believe. Could you trade Cueto? <laughs> I mean, you honestly, two, you honestly, two point eight nine ERA, Alex. You would you wouldn't get much back, but I mean, there's guys, there's teams who just want an inning yeah, eater. Yeah. Maybe a Cardinals who want to like not give up too many prospects yep, yep. for a pitcher, but want to get a pitcher. I mentioned them for like Syndergaard, but they maybe could go for like a Cueto type. I also heard that like Jose Quintana off the Pirates, like he could get some traction because he's had a good year so far. So some of these pitchers, Travis, they don't got to be the aces. They could still end up on a playoff team yep. as like the long relief type, um, an emergency start because there's always that game where some there pitcher, is. you know, like last year, Max Scherzer all of a sudden can't can't throw dead arm, whatever. Like you need someone to step up. Yep. yep. You got that Cueto insurance, yep. baby. And, and and that's quite kind of like, uh, that, that's really like what I see in Syndergaard with the angels is that, you know, he will not be the ace of any playoff team whatsoever, but he is a guy that could be a very effective three, four guy, at least just to help you get you to the playoffs, be a guy that you can rely on every fifth or sixth day. But Cueto, honestly, I mean, having the, uh, Having, you know, only 13, uh, 12 games started on the season. I know he's picked up, I think, in May, but it's just been a very, very surprising, um, you know, stretch that he's done this year. And I think that the White Sox have kind of struck gold with him. But with everyone else, it just seems like um, just it's just been a regression year. Lance Lynn has just been awful. Giolito, of course, a year to forget. Kopech, 
still having a very very good season and then of course cease is the you know he's he's been the high point of the season so far at least for the pitching side um but i mean abreu's been solid tim anderson's been good actually i'll say abreu's been good tim anderson's been good robert still has so much time to become a superstar not quite there yet obviously um so stuff to like there's stuff to dislike do you think that they are gonna pull themselves to trading people do you think that they are gonna make a push are they gonna add I, it seems like they may yeah. just stay stand stand pat and yep. do nothing yep. but you know i feel like if they don't make the playoffs larusso is probably gone yeah do they view this as a breaking point in a good way in a bad way it's really hard it's hard to kind yeah. of put yourself in their shoes if but. i had a bet i would say they're gonna do nothing um it just okay. seems like they're just they don't really i, I it just they don't have the like i said they i feel like if they would have you know been on more of a hot streak in june or sometime in july here that they would have you know things would have been looked at differently but it just seems like i don't know i think that they're kind of comfortable with maybe they can say to themselves hey we, we're still trying for that six seed or we're still trying for that waterfall spot i mean alex they still could win the division i mean we're, we're i think we're kind of it's kind of crazy we're, i feel like we're, we're ruling some teams out but of course there's still a lot of seasons I'm, playing with but right um but i am it, pretty it i am pr- not i'm pretty low on their run differential yeah. and the stuff that they got going on yeah. but you are right teams get hot yeah. they could have an amazing september and yeah. be the cinderella story you know yeah. so yeah but like i said i just think that they are comfortable with the team they have right now um i think that you know i think they're just kind of kind of shoot from the hip and that um you know honestly alex i mean even if they win the division and or even if they get to the playoffs i just think that larusa's time has to come to an end um i think that this, i mean i agree obviously. I, mean, I mean this season you look at it and say i mean the you know Basically, the two division leaders in the East and the West, the Houston Astros and the Yankees, they both have north of 64 wins. And right now, the central division leader has 52 wins. So you're basically saying Mm -hmm. that, you know, the leader in this division is 12 to 14 games lower than the other division. So you will say... They probably thought they'd be up there with the Yankees and Astros. And they can't even keep up with the Twins. Yep. And and, and I think we, we both were you know pressing the issue that we thought the white Sox would win the division this year but we just thought that they would be i mean uh, only thing i'll say is they were heavily favored for sure they were heavily favored and i was just not expecting the season from cleveland and i thought that minnesota would be a team that could easily get a second or third place spot um and then detroit detroit too i think i I know you were high on detroit a little bit in the early part of the season just because the way they finished and some of the players they added but i of course was high that the white Sox would easily win this division and that they would go into the playoffs, you know, possibly losing in the wild card round, but I think they would definitely lose in the divisional round against possibly the Yankees or the Astros or another, you know, great team like Toronto or the Rays. But um, I, I just think the White Sox are are a a good team for their division, but just not a good team for the American League um, standards because it just seems like I mean we saw last year Alex they just got owned by the Astros. They just another another playing field that the Astros were on. Um, they kind of got lucky in that game three, the White Sox did, but I mean, overall the whole series, the Astros just, I mean, demolished them. So, um, they're just a team that I'm not too high on to make a push for AL pennant. And one thing I want to add, you're playing half of your, uh, divisional series against the Detroit Tigers who have been terrible this year and the Royals who've been very bad. And even still, when you're playing the other teams, the guardians and the twins, it's not like that's like playing the Astros or the, yeah. or the Yankees every every few series. So um, the fact that their record is where it is and their differential is where it is um, with the schedule they've had is why I'm ex- uh, especially down on that. Maybe they could still pull off a, a sneaky thing, especially if the Twins maybe slip up or, you know, who knows. But 
in terms of them being a really scary team, I'm not buying that at all. So yep. we seem like we kind of agree on them. We'll, we'll move on, Travis. They're they're, they're just they're kind of just whatever. They're kind of a headache. I don't know. They just they, they, I, I, I had I, so high hopes for them this year to win the division by you know 15 games, and they just have been they just been playing around right now. I mean, it's yeah. Just, it's it, I'd, I'd be concerned right now if I was a White Sox fan. I think everyone would be saying Larusa's La time is over. I mean, we've both been I think a bit pessimistic on their status in the American League. Like yep. last year, we gave them no shot to beat the Astros, yep. and they lost. They they won one game, you know. But yeah, I think that overall, I've always thought that they are a have to, are a team with very good players, but they there's just something there's something wrong. You know, they overpaid Liam Hendricks. Yeah, uh, he's been he's still a really good closer, but um, he's not, you know, 2019, yes. uh, Oakland A's Liam Hendricks anymore. Lance Lynn is not Texas Rangers Lance Lynn right now, you know, um, G Lito's stumbling. So there, there's a lot, there's a lot wrong for sure, but, yes. um, we'll move on to another team, Travis, with lots of things wrong. This is the LA angels. Of course. Okay, good. I was going to say, I was going to say lots of things wrong. It sounds like the angels. I want us to kind of have a, you know, we don't want to go too in depth because we could talk for hours on them. Like we always do a quick beat sesh, yeah. but a quick, a quick little rundown. What do they do this off season? Yeah. Mainly saying tons of fans are saying, you know, should we trade Otani? Should we not? Um, the one thing that seems very logical is you trade uh, Noah Syndergaard. Yep. It's like the logical guy who actually would have some value to some other teams and is probably not going to really, you know, holding on to him is not going to exactly create some sort of wild card berth for us. So might as well trade him to a Cardinals, to yep. a Blue Jays, Twins. a team yep. that needs some a little bit more in the back end of the, of the rotation. Um, so that much makes sense. Um, I think most of the bullpen arms are staying put. Because they're on multi-year deals. You mean, um, I mean, according to Angel's Twitter, we're, we're going to trade Loop and Takura for prospects? Yeah, Travis. I mean, <laughs> the amount of times I could complain about something I saw some Angel fan tweet is, is you know, the list is endless. Yeah. But people suggesting we should trade our multi-year contract relievers when they're at their lowest they've been in the last couple of seasons. Yes. Why would we trade them now? What yeah. if they just go crazy hot in the next early summer and either we keep them for a, a nice run or we're bad again and we mm -hmm. trade them when their value is actually a bit better but yeah. um trading them now makes makes uh, trading lupin to para is uh it's just, it completely illogical it, we'll, it, we'll, what would yeah. we even get for a loop right the, now? the stock is so low and you still we get yeah, yeah 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 i mean but so with that in mind travis i think we both agree Syndergaard is probably out give me your thoughts on otani is it is there any way we would trade him if so what would we have to get yeah um, and then is there anyone else that you think makes sense? I mean, I've heard people throw out Ward's name. Yeah. He's on team control for like four or five years. Yeah, Why would you do that? Um, and, and even if Ward is not even starting, I mean, imagine having him, I got, I got like him on the bench. I mean, he, he would just be a super utility guy. You can also have on the bench. So, I mean, it just makes no sense for Ward. So, um, G give me your thoughts yeah. on the, on the, on the approach as a whole uh, this, yeah. uh, this August. Yeah. And I mean, what I will say is that the last couple, of course, the last couple uh, games have been a little bit more encouraging with uh, with the starting pitching. I mean, we saw um, Detmers. There's, there's good adjustments. Yeah, Detmers. I mean, we, we've seen, Alex, we've seen Detmers the last, what, three starts. He's just looked like a completely different pitcher than what we saw in the first half, subtracting some of those starts against the AL East teams and the no-hitter game. But, I mean, what a nice recovery we've seen him since he's went down to AAA. It seems like the AAA... Um, 
pitching coach has uh, his uh, unlocked a slider. Yeah, has has basically helped us out a little bit. Actually, not a little bit, a lot more than our major league pitching coach, um, Matt Wise. It just seems like it just it's it's, you know, start after start that, you know, guys make these adjustments that it's almost like, why, why can not we have made these adjustments earlier in the season? Or, you know, why can not we have seen these things earlier on? But I mean, right now, I think that for the next for the next week week at least i think that Syndergaard would probably be the biggest name that you'd want to be able to uh to get out there onto the uh trade market and see what you can get kind of in return nobody else really kind of you know makes sense or even you know would even ring a bell i mean everyone else if it's not you know mike trout of course injured and um you know if you're not talking about ward or otani everyone else is kind of at like a low point in their in their, I, in their I would stock. say career, but in right. the season, their stock is down a lot. Renhifo is a guy that actually has been, you know, climbing up with uh, just the productivity pr- productivity in the last month or so. He's actually been a really nice spark. But of course, I mean, you're not going to trade a guy like him. I think he's. What a, would you get? Yeah, it's like. I mean, you're not. Someone's gonna because he's not going to be anyone starting shortstop in the World Series. Yeah, so well, yeah. what are they we actually going to get for him? I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I I mean, I think Yankees would even say, I think we'll just keep. Uh, Isaiah kind of left that short and yeah. just get the great defense. And, uh, you know, he has a good chemistry that he's built with the team, but I mean, yeah, like you said, the big question will be this off season. What are you going to do with the, um, you know, the 400 pound elephant in the room with Shohei Otani one more season in, uh, in, in, you know, on the books for the angels. Do you trade him for guys that I mentioned a couple of days ago in a, uh, in, in a DM to you, do you trade him? You know, do you, do you get, a lot of prospects guys that aren't proven do you get guys that are more ready right now kind of in the mlb but still maybe you know maybe not a hundred percent proven but i i mean i i know the tweet i sent you or the the message i sent you was to the dodgers and i think i was asking what for like will smith dustin may gratterall um I think you put Vessia in there. Vessia. You put a handful of guys who are kind of ready right now and then of course a bobby miller which is their their star-studded you know starting pitcher right now that has basically pitched zero innings in the MLB. So you kind of are just banking on, you know, Hey, there's this great guy that's in the prospect system that, you know, he could be one of the top aces, but it's again, it's, it's kind of a pipe dream. Or do you go with Shohei Otani and extend him and know that you're going to get just, you know, especially this year's pitching, you're going to get elite pitching and you're also going to get above average. You're going to get all-star hitting as well from Shohei Otani. So it's, it's a question that, you know, Right now, it's just it's it's a tough area to lean because I mean I I see both points I see both you know circumstances I see the point of let's extend this guy you can't let a guy like this walk away but also if you extend a guy like this do we have to go through just the owner saying well that's it for spending because my 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 checkbook is already all booked up with right. uh, with with Rendon Trout and Otani so that's that's my biggest fear if that's the case then I will be on the side of it's time to get rid of him and maybe allocate some of those spendings elsewhere and go after maybe more. Shohei Otani is an A++ player, but it's almost like, would you rather have the A++ player or would you rather have, you know, four to five B players? Um, it, you, I, I kind of look at it that aspect, but I, I, for me, the biggest worry is we get him to a massive extension and then we basically are looking at years and years and years of, you know, Hey, we're going to go out there and get squid to play shortstop because he's cheap. And then we're in the same right. situation as we are right now. It's, it's a tough situation to look at and be in. I know we really dove in last uh, podcast episode about Shohei Otani and Juan Soto, but it's going to be a tough question for Perry. One thing I know is Perry is that he, 
Uh, basically, he, Perry's got the balls to do whatever he wants that's going to be fitted to best, you know, fit this team so far. So, I mean, he's basically released a first ballot Hall of Famer in Shohei, or in, in our pools. And, of course, he released a, uh, a all-star who was off to a really nice spring training in Justin Upton this year. He basically knows what he wants, and he has the vision that he wants. It's just curious and interesting to see what he sees for this team and if he gets the okay from a guy like Artie to keep Otani and keep spending more money. It seems like he's actually been more on Artie with um, the the choices. I, I, I mean, I think the Joe Madden firing was something, of course, 100% all Perry. And I'm sure Artie was just very, very shocked. And I, I'm, I wonder if Perry was actually saying, you know, this is my team. Let me run it how I want to run it. Um, I and, mean, and, and maybe Artie's kind of just saying, okay, fine. You know, I'll let you do whatever you need to do. And so hopefully that's the case. But um, I know I'm kind of getting off topic here, Alex, but no, it, it's, it, 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 it's definitely going to be a, a huge question mark that we will see what happens. I mean, either way, I mean, I mean I, not either way, but I, I mean, an extension with Otani, I'm, I'm just going to be so happy that we get to keep a guy like this. Um, not only, you know, for the, uh, the, the you know, the, the playing is, of course, the main priority. But of course, a guy like Artie, you'd say, well, you're going to get so much you're going to get so much more money from advertisements and from marketing this guy for the rest of his career. Um, you know, why wouldn't you want to keep him? You're going to basically make more on your return. But I, I just I almost need to have an OK from the owner and from the front office that we're not done spending. We still have a lot of work to do. We still have a lot of young guys coming up in the farm system, but I just don't want to bank on them to come up in 2025. And it's like, okay, we're just waiting here for a couple of years for these guys to go, you know, and then Rendon and Trout are basically playing out their primes with a, you know, a B squad. So that's kind of my take on that right there. Yeah. A lot to unpack. Um, you mentioned kind of Perry's vision and I agree that he's very, um, down to do things his way he knows kind of what he wants and he has his vision i also feel very confident about the fact that he cannot cut our pools yeah. or just an upton without at least somewhat of an okay from owner Artie moreno just because there's so much money tied up in those guys and just to let them walk for nothing you know perry could get fired if the owner's like what are you doing like yeah. i'm paying yeah. that guy to play against me now you know you have to kind of have ownership at least somewhat aware of what's happening i think also the firing of joe madden is something that perry it was 100 percent perry's decision yeah, like yeah. uh we agree but i think he also needed the approval of Artie moreno and it is for that reason that i think it is very unlikely that otani gets traded mm -hmm. in the next week um oh uh, i think super super unlikely yeah and i and you know one of the biggest reasons is because Artie moreno wants to win he doesn't really understand how to win. Um, he wants to <laughs> yeah. do it cheaply, but he just wants to kind of have the glamour yep. and the he wants you know, the names, the playoff, you know, uh, speculation every every spring training. And and so with that in mind, um, I think that how do I put it? I think that um, he won't he won't buy into a rebuild if that's what Perry suggests. So yeah. there's there's two ways you could trade Otani. You could trade him for a bunch of guys who are ready to go, mm -hmm. MLB starters that could contribute to our team next year and years to come, or you can trade him for a hall of prospects and start a rebuild. Yeah, which to me just sounds. I mean, as as yeah. as a fan of a team, you never want to rebuild yeah. unless you are completely out on the active roster and yeah. you and i i think are less out than other angel fans yeah. we still acknowledge there's a lot of upside with ward trout i um, mean if you keep otani it's otani yeah. Yeah. but there's upside with you know walsh and stassi both yeah. can hit better than they have this season 
um, Rendon, if he's healthy, is still going to be a three, maybe four work player yeah. on a solid year. So Fletcher could still be, a, I mean, Fletcher's still an impact defensive guy and he's going to hit better than squid or he's going to hit better than Tyler Wade or, you know, majority of these guys. So, well, right. So yeah. the, essentially there's, there's, there's some things to like, and if you're completely hopeless on this team, then that's on you. That's your thought. Yeah. But we both think that there's something to salvage here. There's still a core that's worth working around. Mm-hmm. We don't think a full rebuild is the right move. And also, I think that a full rebuild, even if Perry wanted to do it, I'm not sure he could get Artie Moreno to agree. So I don't think trading Otani for a hall of prospects is something Moreno will really um, agree on. And, yeah. and I think that he would probably tell you're not trading Otani for guys that can't help us win next season. He, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't want to lose 110 games next season. I, I, Moreno definitely does not want that, yeah. um, even if it's for like a long term good. Um, and and then there's the other the other factor is you could trade Otani for guys who are ready to contribute now, um, guys who are ready to help us win next season. I do not think that most teams are giving up like three starting position players for Otani because yeah. the teams that want Otani are the teams who are trying to win. If the rumors would be like you know Yankees or Mets or Dodgers, I mean anyone really could target. I guess yeah. like the Braves or whoever, but it's going to be a team that's trying to win. So why are they going to give up like a third of their starting batting order for, I mean, arguably the best player in baseball, but still it's a lot to give up. Yeah. Um, a team that would trade for Otani would probably prefer to give up, you know, a lot of prospects that way you're not, you're not affecting your, like your chances of winning this season or next season. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, I'm just trying to say that it's, I think it's really hard to, ima- to imagine a package that satisfies uh, Perry and Artie Moreno Um for yeah. you know this coming week maybe like we said um if otani somehow makes it because they're going to have an arbitration meeting to mm-hmm. determine his salary for next season and if he gets extended it'll be beyond next season oh yeah so during that arbitration meeting and in the extension talks they're going to have some level of an idea of the expected salary of the expected i mean the chances of otani saying maybe i really like anaheim or i am very much leaning out the door because of the team's inability to make the postseason. So I think they should get a vibe off it. And if it's pretty clear that he will not re-sign at any point in any yeah. way, yeah. then at that point, of course, you're going to explore trade options. But I really don't know what kind of package. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, a package is better than no package. Yeah. If they just let him walk. Letting him walk is is the nightmare. Because <laughs> you, know you know if Otani walks in a in free agency we get a comp pick so oh. sec- second round pick for us yay oh, nice nice yeah um yeah. but but yeah the uh <laughs> that would that that is the worst case scenario i'd oh, say yeah, 100%. but but at the same time um at the same time i still really feel like a, a competitive off season next year yeah where we actually spend some money Otani will be on the arbitration deal, but not yet on the extension. So he's not going to be a 40 million a year guy or yep. whatever it may be um, next season. With that in mind, I think that there's plenty of room Upton off the books. Um, Syndergaard, Lorenzen yeah, off the books. Yeah. There will be opportunities to sign free agent pitchers. Kershaw will be on the market. Musgrove on the market. Rodon on the market. Yep. There's going to be options. There's going to be, you know, Trey Turner on the market. There's going to be middle infielders on the market. Um, there's a lot of options you can kind of pursue, try to build this team to be better than it was this season. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm just trying to kind of lay out the case for not necessarily being doom and gloom about the Otani situation. I don't think it's a hundred percent lock 
that he's going to leave, like some reporters have said. I think that's mostly just pure speculation. Yeah. Ken Rosenthal, amazing reporter, but I think he said something like, uh, Otani is pretty much out the door because of the lack of winning. And I'll say that's that's probably just speculation, right? Otani yeah. said he wants to win, but Rosenthal doesn't have a guy in Otani's camp that's like leaking yeah. information. Like yeah. that's just kind of the thought process. And I, I get why. But Travis, I thought the same thing about Mike Trout. Yeah. I know he is an angel kind of ride or die but at the time of when it was time to get the ex- extension i thought maybe he'll go to a team with better chances of winning yeah um trout talks every spring training about i want to win yeah and you know but he wants to win here so it just yeah. comes down to yeah. otani if he wants to win in the angels uniform or if he wants to win at all costs we'll find out i guess um as trade talks kind of progress and uh, extension talks in the offseason but i i think we both agree a trade the deadline is angels are going to get calls about him yeah. but um, it ain't going to be the uh, Atlanta Braves like I, I, one of the uh, analysts on MLB Network uh, pointed out. They please sack, yeah, yeah please sack. Annoyed me. Atlanta, which I mean, again, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of now. What, I mean, the thing is, he didn't be the return. He didn't suggest a return. <laughs> he just said they have a loaded farm. It's yeah, like, well, that doesn't yeah, that doesn't mean yeah, that much to yeah. me. It's like what package are you going to offer that's going to impress the Angels and say yes, we will trade this once in a lifetime yep. plus once in a eternity yep. talent. For what? What yeah. are you going to give us? Yeah, exactly. Because um, we're going to you know, give you the chance to not only have him the next two years, but also extend him. So yeah, yeah. we'll see how that all progresses. Um, and I'll, I'll point out one area that I – one thing that I know Artie Moreno is not going to rebuild because it's just shown that his ownership history with the Angels is that he's not ever looking at rebuilding. I go back even to the end of the 2009 season, Alex. We basically um, – you know made it to game six, of the ALCS against the New York Yankees. And, you know, a couple weeks later, um, Vladimir Guerrero, Sean Figgins, John Lackey, three huge, huge names in free agency off to play on different teams. And it seemed like that might've been the perfect time for the angels to say, okay, let's, let's kind of now enter this rebuilding, you know, process where these three big names, two of the names have been in the team since the world series of 2002. But um, it just seemed like we didn't want to go out there and rebuild you look at, you know, you look at, you know, a season to two seasons later, Alex, we're signing CJ Wilson and Albert Pujols to these huge, huge deals. And you're kind of just wondering, man, like we thought we were going to go into this maybe this rebuilding process. And now we're basically gearing up for a huge, huge postseason push. I mean, remember the speculation in that December of 20, uh, 2011 is that, you know, so many analysts were all, all in on, you know, angels will win the world series in 2012. Um, you know, things just didn't work out that way, but it just seems like, Artie Moreno, that's one thing I, I can say is kind of a good thing about him is that he's never really into rebuild, even though a lot of teams, you really do need to see a rebuild sometime. But he just is he, rebuild is really not in his vocabulary. So that's why I'm confident that he um, is willing to spend some money. But the, the only thing with him is that does he spend the money in smart areas? I mean, we've seen so much money being allocated to these positional players some players that honestly we didn't even really, you know, have a strong need for but it just seems like if we can go out there and Put the money towards two to three really good starting pitchers, as well as keeping Otani. I mean, you get you already give yourself a really clear shot to uh, to you know make a strong playoff push, and of course maybe getting more major league talent onto the lineup. Tyler Wade, Andrew Velasquez. I mean, even at times Matt Duffy, and then of course you got guys like Juan Lagares and you know Jonathan VR that really shouldn't even be on a major league roster right now, and we're getting them to play. 20 to 30 games for us in the season i mean you get a consistently major league lineup then of course you're looking at a team that is you know should be easily easily into the playoff discussion so um 
there, there, there's a lot of areas to look and fix. And I know Perry too. He, and I, and one thing I appreciate is Perry actually, I mean, even though the blame should not be hundred percent on him, um, he of course is taking all the blame. He put the team together. He says that, you know, we felt confident that, you know, this team could get it done. It didn't. And so that of course falls on me. Everything that's gone wrong this season falls on me, which, you know, I like to see, but also of course, you know, that's not hundred percent the truth, but uh, we agree about that. But, you know, that's one thing I will say about Artie Moreno and at least the Angels and the ownership is that I feel like rebuild is really not in their vocabulary. So trading Otani for a bunch of prospects that are going to help you out in, you know, the next, you know, not even make their return, their their availability presence, to the MLB in the next couple of years. I feel like that's something that Artie is is not looking at, you know, doing. And I, I think also he has to respect Mike Trout that I hope that he respects Mike Trout in saying that we signed you this long agreement and this long term um, long contract and we're basically you know in the midst of starting a rebuild and and you're you're in for the ride buddy but right <laughs> I, I mean, think I think it's hard to justify entering a rebuild when you have Rendon and Trout on such high high level deals it, it to me it just seems kind of it, it, it's a it's a really big head scratcher yeah we, we agree about that and and the my last point before I move on yep. here I think I mean I like all everything you said about you know the lack of position player depth um you know one or two starters. I mean, lots of good young starters coming up for the Angels system actually right now. Yep. So, yep. you know, add one or two good starters, uh, two position players like middle infielders that can have good upside, yep. MLB level upside. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's the classic case of like the best case scenario of Tyler Wade, yep. of Squid, of Duffy, of Jonathan VR. It's like the best case scenario is like a one more player, right? Yes. Like the yes. best case scenario. Yeah. The worst case scenario is a player who's hurting the team every day. Yep. So yep. Um, I, I almost love to just, I mean, it'd be just great to be email the Angels front office or Perry, just kind of a kind of a checklist or agenda to like do this offseason once it starts. First things first. Don't even think about bringing back Kurt Suzuki. Um, right. <laughs> I mean, just so many things you could talk about. Yeah, double today. Uh, what's that? He had, he had a double today. Uh, yeah, it was one one good thing he's done for us this year. But no, we agree about. But I mean, that. there's just there, there's a, there's a level of, of areas that I would just say, like there's like don't even think about like. I, I don't want to see Suzuki, Mayfield, Rojas, you know, Lagares. The the list goes on, Alex. I don't want to see these guys wearing an Angels uniform in the next, you know. 10 years at least you know something like that i mean most of these guys want to be in the league in 10 years but i mean it's like i don't want to see this level of mlb talent even on the bench these guys are not major league roster baseball players right now we have to do a lot better than than providing this kind of talent you know yankees yeah. dodgers um so many other teams i mean th their benches are stacked with guys who could play i mean back in the day when the, when the, the, a couple years ago when the dodgers were you know on such a roll kike hernandez was on their bench and oh, he's, yeah. he he was a, a stud in last year's playoffs. He is a as great a, as a leadoff star, a star. He is much. he is a great just you know guy that can be a you know a super utility guy on any bench. He's one guy actually that's going to be a free agent this offseason. Alex and Angels would be really fun to see if they can target a guy like him. And uh, you know he could be basically just a super utility guy if we need him at second, short, third, any outfield spot to fill in for guys on days off. You know that that's a guy that'd be really good to get. But I mean. I think there just has to be a really good level of sophisticality that you, you just can't give some of these guys these options, and especially these options for so long. That's why I think ultimately Madden had to go. Giving some of these guys reps for just too long was uh, just costing us game after game that you know you really can't afford to do anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's all it's all good points. Just raising the floor of the bottom half of the order, raising the floor of the bottom half of the pen is all yep. it really takes to make yep. us uh, a more legit team. Um, 
the 15 games below, below 500 does not represent the level of talent on the team. Yeah. Injuries to Trout, injuries to Rendon, um, regression from Stassi and like Walsh amongst other players. I think that they're due for a swing back the right way um, in not too long here. Also the bullpen, you know, Iglesias, Loop, Tapera. Maybe they're all going to end up being bad contracts, but I tend to believe that um, there's a better chance that they can at least two of those three will probably improve next yeah, season. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, we will continue to monitor the Angel situation with free agency, with trade talks, and all that kind of good stuff. Um, Travis, one last team before we wrap this whole thing mm-hmm. up. I want to touch on the Braves. Mm-hmm. Reigning World Series champions, a team that is really hot right now. Last couple months have been, you know, much better than the first oh, month, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, I think it was like early June when one of that, that one TV analyst said that the division's over and the Mets are just going to wa- walk away with this division and then... Wasn't it like that day the Braves went on like a 14 game winning streak? Yes, I think it that's. Just, <laughs> I think they basically that's just they uh, they woke up the sleeping giant of Atlanta and shouldn't um, have poked the yeah Mets right now. I mean, I mean, I think last year Alex the the Braves were kind of in not in a similar uh, area, but they were not a first place team right now last season, and they just went on this roll where you know we could see the same thing with Atlanta kind of going a roll. Um, they know how to play August and September. They've been successful at it for the last five seasons. So, um, you know, Atlanta is a team right now that is, uh, you know, trending in a a very nice direction, but go on. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of say they have more of a chance to, I would say at this point in the season, they have better odds this year than last year. Last year, of course, they won. But at the time, the deadline, they added Rosario, Peterson, and Soler. It really was not like a. Uh, they were not as flashy yeah. signings. Yeah. The idea was not that they would make this big run, but they did. What could that be this year for them? And I, you had a good point earlier when you said that the Braves, uh, they might not need to make a, a huge move because they already internally know they have the talent. But I know Albies is hurt right now. Yeah. RC was playing second base when the Angels played them in a series, so I'm not sure what they could really kind of target. Um, they should have a variety of options, but I don't know if they want to go for like back of the rotation help. I don't know if they want to add an outfielder or something like that. Yeah. Um, they have ways they can improve their team for sure, but um, I'm just kind of interested to see, you know, the team that made the smart moves of last trade deadline. What could that look like this year? I, I'm, I guess I'm curious. Any any thoughts at all? Yeah, I mean, Spencer Strider, uh, one starting pitcher that's been just very nice, uh, you know, right. to, to, to start his career off or to start his rookie season off. Um, you know, Max Fried and Kyle Wright have both been very, very nice as well. Charlie Morton, just kind of a little bit of a, of a scratchy season for him. And then Ian Anderson, Alex, I mean, he's kind of just um, he's had a very disappointing year, much, much like Giolito, where you kind of have, you know, some hope for a guy like that. Uh, in the rotation. So the starting pitching side, I feel like maybe a little thin. Um, the, the, the bullpen seems to be pretty thick and pretty, uh, you know, just, it looks like it's confident they can get the job done with, you know, Matzik, mentor, Will Smith, Jesse Chavez, Colin McHugh and Kenley Jansen. So it seems like they have a pretty, a pretty good bullpen to, uh, to carry them. It's almost the same bullpen that got them through last year. So I'm confident in that, but I just feel like maybe a starting pitching role. I, I feel like I've been saying this all day, Alex is starting pitching, but I mean, looking at the numbers, I just feel like, I don't know if Morton or Anderson could carry you through the playoffs. Guys sometimes tend to be different in the playoffs. They tend to almost wake up, but, um, so far this year, it's been Strider, Max Fried, Kyle Wright, kind of just leading 
that rotation. But you know what? I mean, both all three of those guys, Alex, have an ERA under three. And, you know, Charlie Morton is flirting with a, a sub four ERA right now. So, you know, they definitely still have a very, very nice and very good rotation. Tons of MLB teams would be lucky to have that kind of rotation. But um, they could obviously use some help there. The second base spot, like you pointed out, you know, Albies, I, I mean, I, I think he's out for the rest of the year, right? I'm not 100% okay. on that, yeah. Okay, okay. But it was serious um, what happened. It like. was serious. Um, and, you know, getting a guy like, uh, I'm trying to think even of middle end Peters, you could go out there and. Uh, it, it, there's not, know, there's not like a, plet- there's not like a plethora of options really yeah. from, yeah. for middle infielders from what I've heard. I mean, the guy we've mentioned before is like a, like a Wendell type. Um, yep. yep. Some of these teams say everyone's for sale. So maybe you can go get a guy like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, they're in a spot where I'm not exactly sure what the first priority is um like, like you're saying they have some spots where they feel great you know corner infield yeah lock it in shortstop lock it in um catcher is probably something you're gonna lock in yeah yeah um even though darno's been he, he's gotten the job done he's got the job done i think he's a bit overrated yeah, you know, yeah. no shade but yeah <laughs> um i mean yeah yes. acuna in the outfield maybe you give him a little bit more support out there um but yeah i think that overall like they could make some small sneaky ads like last year that um pay dividends in, in october mm-hmm. but right now might not be like these crazy um you know crazy crazy deals that you know empty the farm so yeah i yeah. think that we both are kind of on the same page with and, them and anything be better than the great uh 14 ops plus eddie rosario right now um sure yeah i, I mean that what, what, what he signed for i mean didn't, didn't like he did two years him, 18 or something I mean, they gave him they've been some really good money and i mean we've it, already showed this podcast that i'm kind of bad at we we, we have already passed on him before but yeah uh it, it, they could definitely maybe even use some more of that utility help I me mean, it seemed like last year you, you you got so many great um utility guys to play the outfield i know acuna was hurt um but it's like you just had so many of these guys to just light that spark maybe they go the kind of the same route and they go more on the offensive uh stance and they can kind of say we trust morton and ian anderson to get the job done in the playoffs who knows um but i mean i'm sure the braves have something cooking they always seem to uh to have you know always seem to have a move ready to go for uh for, for october so i I'm, of course i think last year we all kind of bought in that the Braves system is uh is pretty elite in what they do i mean like we saw alex with the uh what the, the drew waters trade the christian pache trade guys right. that have just not been mlb talent as of yet and then of course they bring up this guy michael harris uh jr and he or the second and he just i mean great so far <laughs> just tearing it up so far right now so uh interesting to see exactly what they do yeah uh one other name that i'm trying to think of like corner outfielders that might fit the bill um a guy who could probably go for like a really low-key trade and end up being good later i could see a guy like tommy fam potentially uh having a, a nice resurgence to his season he's very true he's uh at his lowest uh wrc plus or ops plus um of the last several seasons if you ignore the 2020 short season so yep. maybe he's due for kind of a bounce back second half I'm not sure if I'm 100% bought in on him, but he's just someone who kind of came up in my mind as like, you know, there are these kind of options that are not the J.D. Martinez, not the um, Ian Haps, uh, Ian Haps, another guy that's maybe a little bit low-key, yeah, but yeah. Um, there are like these low-key guys that definitely could have an impact for them, I think. But, Bring back you know. Fam and Peterson. They, uh, they'd be a nice spark ever, ever since that fight in the outfield. So. Oh, I, hey, same team. <laughs> just bring them in. Why not? Just bring them both. Let them platoon. Let them just duke it out in the in the, in the I feel dugout. like I feel like they'd get into a hostile fight and then somehow like Acuna Jr. Would, or like Ozuna would like work their way in the fight as well and they just like like a, just a three three person just brawl in the clubhouse or the outfield or something like that. You but. mentioned Ozuna 
kind of spark my memory. He's having not the best year so yeah. far. The home runs are actually pretty nice at 18, but a 223 average, a 277 on yeah. base, 407 slugging. Um, 86 yeah, OPS the, plus. Yeah. yeah, it's down in the dumps uh, relatively. Um, for what you expect from a DH type, so maybe they maybe they could go for a JD Martinez. I yeah. don't think they're going to go for that big splash that kind of empties the system. Yeah, but um, I, I think they're 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 happy that they already have a title under their belt from last year, and that this year they're still a very strong contender to make. You know, no team in the NL, of course, wants to play Atlanta. They're still a very very talented team with you know Acuna leading off, but they of course are in a very good position that they could say, well, we still have a ton and a ton of prospects that we can still work with um, to uh, you know continue this. You know, almost almost looks like it's going to be a dynasty of the NL East so far for Atlanta. You know, with just the division titles and also with the success in the playoffs. So. Yeah, uh, so that wraps up the whole section, Travis. We went through quite a few teams. If we did not get to your team, we are sorry. (laughs) If we talked about every team, this would be a five-hour podcast. I don't think anybody is really hoping for that. Um, what do you it, think? It, um, it's almost our bedtime. So. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you think? Uh, what do you think Colorado should do? I mean, they're what? They're only seven oh, games dude, out of they're, it. They're they're they cannot wait to uh, seven games out of a wild card spot, Alex. I mean, Colorado can make some moves. We never talked about Chris Bryant much this year, Travis, but there's some actually crazy stuff. He took him like two months to hit a home run. Did you know that? I, I knew like that, two, but but wasn't he injured for a long part of he, it? He was injured, but he still played a good handful of games yeah. and had no homers. In uh, you're playing in Coors, and then he hit like four in like two weeks, and then he's yeah. hit like none since. This is like, just a weird a, a weird season for him. You so look far. at it right now and say five home runs in 37 games, so about a month. Like that's that's pretty Chris Bryant, you know. Those are what I what I expected those numbers, but then if you told me, oh, like the first like 28 games he had zero, it's like, huh? I mean, again, playing at Coors, you think that wouldn't even be a problem. But um, I guess I, I, weird of me to bring up the Colorado Rockies. I wonder if a guy like CJ Crow would be on the move. Um, he definitely could I be. Know we talked about him. I yeah. think reliever Bard, people mentioned, could be in the mood on the move. Um, there, there's options um, for sure. I think every team um, should be looking to deal guys if they're if they know they won't make the playoffs because there's just more teams this year that are in the hunt because there's one more wild card spot you yeah. know so there's a bit more optimism for some of those exactly. teams around 500 so maybe three more clubs have have the uh the optimism to, to get in yeah and so with that in mind like maybe some of the tank the tanker teams can uh, get a bit more in return for some of these you know a borderline all-star types like a like a cj crone so yeah. Yeah. um yeah these teams have options travis we will continue to kind of cover the deadline um travis next week uh I think the best move for us is to record right after the trade deadline is over and we can kind of react to the biggest deals. Oh, yeah. We can say which teams got the most uh, increase in their chance to make the playoffs, to win the World Series, you know, which team makes the biggest splash. We'll see if Soto is dealt or not, if Otani is dealt or not. Uh, and, you know, there will be there will be tons to react to if we record after the deadline. So Definitely. that's probably going to be the move for next week. Um, but, yeah, Travis, uh, you know, long episode here but you know i think we did a good job kind of covering a lot of the key teams that are in the mix um of course some playoff teams had to get left out but um that wraps up this episode this episode um dog two- days of summer coming two oh, yeah. months left of uh of major league baseball at least for you know the the teams that aren't going to make the playoffs but i mean you're coming down to the home stretch i think this is honestly one of the most exciting times of the year even though it's kind of you know you're gearing up for football season all that kind of stuff but you're you're definitely seeing what teams We'll be making those next leaps to becoming, you know, title contenders and to, you know, hopefully making that strong push into the playoffs. 
Alex, we already we already covered it, but I mean, the next week almost decides most of the time. It most it decides you know how your team's going to do in the World Series. The players that you acquire now are going to be the reason why you won the World Series most of the time. So it's pretty crazy that like we have what five to six days of you know seeing how these teams go about their business and how they uh, how they do business with some of these other players to uh, you know make the best lineup and the best roster to fit October. Yeah, we're going to keep kind of tracking it and see. I, I mean, some teams are going to fall off here. Some teams are going to ramp it up and look like a real threat. So we'll keep that coming in the coming episodes. Um, every week, Travis, we're going to keep the grind up. Check out the Instagram, Twitter if you have not. The YouTube, um, back on the YouTube grind. Missed a couple weeks on when uh, we missed some episodes. But we're back at it, Travis. We are coming in strong for the second half. And if you made it this far, we appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>